When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Welcome back to Draft Vice, everybody. It is me, is Walter. I'm here. We're back, and we're doing another live show. Hopefully, the audio and the Wi-Fi hold up. I know the audio is better this time. I'm pretty sure, at least on my end. Uh, the Wi-Fi, I fixed that a little bit as well. Uh, moved the routers around, and uh, now, dude, it's over. I can't believe it. It's over. I've waited all year for this. It's like Halloween and Christmas all rolled into one, except without the dressing up. Uh, but yo, we got, we're still doing a live stream, and we're back. We got a couple of friends from the from the weekend. We got some new friends as well. So I'm going to bring them on up, and uh, here we go. Here's your panel, everybody. Uh, from top left uh, to the right and then down on the bottom, it starts out on the top with Chris de Blasio, Dr. D. You remember him from uh, multiple nights of the draft? Say hi, Mr. de Blasio. Hello, everybody. Say and hello, to his... everybody. hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. And to his right, it is Harry Van Ness. Uh, you hey. remember him from all the times he's been on the show and as well as the live stream. Uh, underneath them, uh, two new guests. Uh, it is, uh, is Andrew Rich and his son, Colby. Uh, Colby's probably going to know more about the draft than his dad, which is kind of like how it goes in my family. Way more. Uh, way more. Way more. Uh, and to his right is obviously the man, the myth, the legend, Shane McMurdo, everybody. Uh, say hi, Shane. Forks up, go sign up, folks. Rocket, man, rocket. Um, yeah, so we are back. The draft is over, right? And uh, I mean, it, it's sad, right, you guys? I mean, we—I I don't know how much you guys wait for all this, right? Uh, but for me, it's sad. Uh, there's also news, you guys. Jameis Winston's probably going to sign with the Saints. And uh, how do you guys feel about that? We'll start with Chris. What do you think about Jameis Winston signing with the Saints? I don't get anything the Saints are doing right now. They signed Taysom Hill to an extension. Yes, that's true, James too. Winston, they're saying, is only going to sign a one-year deal. Well, I think it's to give him the opportunity to leave if he wants. And then, he, you know, he goes there. He recoups a little bit of his value. Uh, they get a high-end backup if Breeze goes down. And then if he doesn't play at all, then what value does he redeem? I don't know. I, I thought there are better landing spots for Winston. Potentially. Harry, what do you think about that? You know, I like it because if Bree, you know, if Breeze goes down, you're not going to want Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback. That's all there is to it. You know, and you know, I know Jameis Winston has had some problems with interceptions, but maybe he could just get his head together. The pressure is off of him being a full-time starter. And maybe it's like maybe he'll come in and play well. So I, I like it. I like it. Andrew, what do you and your son think about that? What do you think about Jameis Winston going to the, the I Saints? I think it's a smart idea just because it's only for a one-year deal, and it, they don't have much cap space, so it's a cheap deal. And, yeah. it, again, like you don't really want Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback. Breeze goes down, and Jameis Winston, for all the interceptions, is still a good quarterback. So I think I, it's I, I agree with you on that, man. I agree. Because honestly, Taysom Hill, yeah, they gave him an extension. It's a two-year, $16 million extension. So what do you do? You're paying him eight buck, eight million bucks a year, but he's basically your tight end two, your, or it might be your tight end three eventually after the guy they drafted this year, your RB3, your wide receiver four. Like He's just kind of a do-it-all worksmith, your, your up man and your special teams. So I don't really know if they really think of him as a quarterback. I think they think of him as an offensive weapon. Shane, what do you think? And then we'll get on to some more draft more draft related stuff 
I mean, I think with all his experience of already throwing to the Saints, like they saw why they wanted him. <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, the whole thing is to say to like to recoup his value, but you know they're saying Peyton and Breeze might be the ones to fix him. But last year they said the same thing about Arian, and then you know Chris said like earlier there was better landing spots for Winston. Nobody wanted him. If there was better landing spots, he would have been gone because there's a lot of teams out there with need, and nobody even sat to meet with them. The The best thing I can see coming out of this is if, like, a team gets a quarterback injury in preseason or, or, or training camp, especially if, like, there is no training camp, the injuries are going to be more likely. Somebody might, like, offer way more than they should to New Orleans to get him. So that's that's one possibility. But, I mean, I'm pretty apathetic towards it in general. That's true. That actually happened a couple of years ago in Minnesota, where they they traded a first round pick to the Eagles to get uh, Sam Bradford. Yeah, so I mean that's a possibility, and it's stock. It's like it's the same reason why the Eagles, you know, drafted Jalen Hurts is they think it's a stock that they think might go up. Um, speaking of, we're talking about the draft. I, I see Chris. He's like, I don't believe in that. I, I wonder if it's going to fall on one of his worst drafts lists because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, the draft, our reaction to the draft, uh, a couple of our, our favorite uh, teams, a couple of our least favorite teams. Chris, you go first. What's your reaction to the draft so uh, that happened over the weekend? What are your two favorite teams and, that, and how they draft, and what are your two least favorite teams? Uh, my two <clears> – <throat> I had a lot of favorites. Um, some of them uh... – like Buffalo just didn't have enough picks. I like what they picked, but they didn't have a lot. Now they got Stephon Diggs with the, you know, with the, the trade. But I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Oh no, wait a second. What I do? I don't know. But you're naming drafts that you're not gonna use. So like that's cool. <laughs> I forget what I wrote down. Oh no, I have it here. Sorry. Very organized. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore was definitely one of them. Uh, I like what they did. They got a great value in getting Patrick Queen where they did. Uh, the running back, J.K. Dobbins, fits perfectly in what they want to do. Uh, defensive tackle, Matabuke, will fit right in with them. Even the, the second, third-round pick, Devin Duvernay, the wide receiver. Uh, they got a couple old linemen in the third and fourth round. I just think they have a philosophy in drafting, and they really stuck to it. And uh, I think they had an excellent draft. Like I said, I think – Queen is one of the best picks in the draft value-wise where they got him. So I think that that's set their draft off uh, right away as a good draft. Uh, the other team that I thought did really well uh, that I'm going to name here is the Dallas Cowboys. And I hate everything about the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, yes. from top to bottom, there's nothing. Do, do like you want to disclose why you hate the Dallas Cowboys? Because I'm a New York Giants fan. There we and go. And Cowboys fans are annoying no matter what fan you want. Cowboys fans have this sense of entitlement for a team that hasn't won a title in longer than Kobe's been alive. <laughs> so, so uh, give but us I your points the on. The yeah, give us your points on. Are I mean, these are impact players right away, and C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, and Neville Gallimore. Yeah, and the, the Lamb pick. Some people didn't understand why they did it, but man, that makes their offense that much more explosive and. They even said it. When C.D. Lamb was there, they were just like, we can't pass that guy up. Even though they didn't have a, you know, a, a top need at receiver. 
Yeah, no, sometimes you're just building on strength. Um, do anybody else on the panel have a particular, like, uh, disagree with either the Ravens or the Dallas Cowboys as a, as a good, good draft or top-end draft as a favorite? No. Any contrarian points? That's too – I think Shane's saying it's too – The Cowboys got not only with the – Huh? What were you saying? No, that's two top three drafts right there. He was right. He nailed them, especially yeah. Dallas. The pick they got was way above – or way – like, they got him way later than they should have got in the draft. So, like, they just killed it. Yeah, people were thinking they were going to take Diggs in the first round because they needed a corner. They He fell to them in the second. And like you said before, you're getting, like, a blue-chip wide receiver out of C.D. Lamb in the first round. It's 17, though, like, where you thought he was going to be top five, top ten pick. Uh, I totally agree. Neville Gallimore, good defensive lineman. Uh, even what they did on day three, they got Tyler Biotish, uh, who, like, they do, they did lose Travis Frederick this year, so they do need to replace him. They do have a couple of guys in-house, but again, you're trying to play the lottery game. Okay, that guy didn't work out. Maybe uh, maybe we'll replace him with Biotish. You know, maybe you'll use uh, Joe Looney, who I don't think is going to be the real replacement, or the guy in-house who's been, who they drafted last year, Connor McGovern. Uh so, Harry, who are two of your favorite drafts so far? Well, I think uh, I really like the Raiders taking Henry Ruggs. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, my, pro- my two favorites are probably Baltimore, like Chris said. I like the Arizona Cardinals. Baltimore, oh. because as I, as I said a few days ago, Patrick Queen, great linebacker, helped build on the culture of defense over there. And it's like, and he's adding, adding more talent to an already stacked D. You know they got Dobbins second round. You know he's gonna give give you know help Mark Ingram out, who had a great year last year. But again, he's not getting any younger, and he'll have mm-hmm. is like and you know Dobbins his his role is gonna gonna increase I think as the year goes on. And you also have to remember the Ravens in like second and third round they got a few more receivers to help Lamar Jackson out, and really can't complain. Now the Arizona yeah, they- Cardinals. Like they're like they're like some of their positions in the draft weren't great, but they were able to get some some action, absolute steals. They were able to get Isaiah Simmons, who probably should have won like four picks ahead at least. You know, they got a they picked the best talent off the board for their first round pick, and they were able to wait up. They've had the Cardinals. They've had offensive line issues like the past couple of years, and they were able to get Josh Jones, somebody who some were projecting on the first round. They were able to snag him in the third. No, I think they got a lot of value out of that draft, and even though they didn't even have a second-round pick, so yeah. I, I agree. And they seem to, and then they also got Lucky Fotu, who you know their interior, their D line needed some uh, some replacement players. Uh, they have not been good on the interior of the D line, uh, like you said. They got Isaiah Simmons help build out that defense. I, I agree. I like I I like the Cardinals a lot, especially when you include the fact that they got DeAndre Hopkins as part of that deal. Um, Rich uh, or Colby actually, Colby. Because uh, you seem to be the expert out of the duo, uh, do you agree with both those guys? You want to contribute to their uh, their the teams that they had, or you want to just jump to your own two teams? Well, actually, one of my two was Arizona. I liked all of the what was said before with Simmons and Jones, but also I think they got some good value with uh, Weaver and Benjamin in the late rounds. Uh, Weaver was a productive linebacker, and Benjamin I thought he would be like a third round pick, but he went seventh. Uh, my other team was uh, the Broncos, and I know that's somewhat of a – people have different opinions on that one. But I like the fact that they were just surrounding Drew Locke with weapons offensively to pair with with uh, Cortland Sutton. 
Jerry Judy, I think, was a steal at uh, 15, and Kato Hamler is going to be the guy in the slot. And uh, they got good protection with uh, Cushenberry as well, so I think the Broncos had a good draft. No, I totally agree with you on the Broncos. Uh, that was actually going to – that was one of my favorites as well because they, uh, like you said, they doubled up on receiver. You got Jerry Judy, great route runner. You got Hamler, good speed guy, right? Uh, one of the fastest guys in the draft. Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, they also got Natani Mutai. They uh, – so both interior O-linemen, very similar. Um, they're both very good in gap power scheme. You got Mutai fell because he had injury issues, but he was probably one of the best interior O-linemen in the draft. Uh, then they also got Albert O, the tight end that actually has played with Drew Locke back in college, and uh, they also got uh, the the cornerback in the the third round. Uh, yeah, Ojemudia. Ojemudia, yeah. Thank you, thank you for saying it because I would have butchered the name. So uh, no, I I did. I liked their draft a lot, and even the other guys who they had were you know interesting upside picks. So I I agree with you a hundred percent. Shane, do you have any of them that you're going to contribute to, or do you have a personal two that you have that aren't in the group? Or even if you wanted to talk about some of the teams that have already been talked about, uh, um, I'll use two personal ones just to provide uh, diversity in the chat. But the, like I said, Ravens one as well as uh, the J.K. Dobbins pick was my favorite pick of the whole draft, not only because they got him later and he was my favorite running back, but like the Ravens are like an analytics driven team and JK Dobbins had the most rushing yards out of shotgun in all of college football, which is what Baltimore runs all of it out of. So I thought that was a great pick, but my fate, my two favorites, I'm going to start with the bills and they didn't even have a first round draft pick, which is one reason. And they still just killed it. They were able to get Zach Moss, in the third round, who's a big body running back, one of the top five running backs in this draft. And he doesn't even have to be like a workhorse. He can, it's going to take a lot of load off of Singletary and provide a complimentary to a run driven team. And their first pick was Epinesa, who they got way later than he should have gone. He was projected to go to the first round in a lot of mocks, and that makes their defense even better. And then later on in the draft, they were able to get the receiver out of UCF. So now they finally have a big body receiver uh, to help you know, track down the deep ball and not just a speed threat like um, John Brown. And then my other favorite is the Vikings. I thought the Vikings, they they had a low-key one of the best drafts in recent memory. They lost Stephon Diggs in the trade to Buffalo, but they got a first-round pick out of it that they used on Justin Jefferson out of LSU to immediately replace Diggs. And they got him because the Eagles dropped the ball and decided to take rigor instead. And then with their other pick, they got Gladney from TCU to replace Xavier Rhodes. And then they did even better on day three by getting, like, James Lynch, the defensive tackle out of Baylor, and then Troy Dye, the linebacker out of Oregon. I thought they filled a lot of positions in need, and they got good players at good value, and they have all this talent on rookie contracts so to really help their cap situation as well. No, those two were very good teams in the draft this year. I felt like a lot of teams did really well in the draft this year. It was like, I think is when you have this much depth and then you didn't have the going to pro days, the misinformation out there, people going ahead and being like, yo, dude, I really like X tackle who really sucks, Austin Jackson. Uh, but like in reality, like, okay, so Buffalo, you're right. Like They had a great draft. Not only that, but I actually kind of like the fact that they picked up Fromm in the thir uh, on day three. Uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Josh Allen, they seem to be high on. 
But, uh, you know, Josh Allen historically has had accuracy issues, also has historically been injured. So now you got a, a cheap guy on a contract, a guy on a cheap contract who might turn up being like, again, maybe he ends up being A.J. McCarron, right? Like we saw that a few years ago. But this was a guy people were talking about a couple years ago in the first round. So maybe Jake Fromm becomes a, a high-end backup, a trade ship down the line. Uh, and then you're right, dude, Vikings. By the way, Vikings had a ton of picks. I think they t like picked 13 players, and they got picks for next year. Players. 15 players. Dear God. Yo, Vikings. Like, they were just they, – but they needed to fill out the depth, right? They lost all those corners. They lost uh, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes. Well, they cut Xavier Rhodes. And then they had, uh, you know, and even the pass rusher DNs, they, they lost Everson Griffin, uh, Linval Joseph. And then you're right. They they needed to replace Diggs, and they they did uh, they did a pretty good job on that. I disagree with you on Rager though. I like Rager. Um, I think it's just different of opinion of what you what you particularly look for in a receiver. And not that I dislike Justin Jefferson. I think there's there's a, a very good value to what he he does. I just I think I felt skill set wise he was very similar to Thielen. Um, but again, Thielen's been good. I, it's just I, I'm more of the belief of like building your team like a basketball team where it's like, hey, you get a speed guy, you get a good route runner, you get a guy who's a good X. Now, maybe there wasn't a guy there that they believed in outside of Jefferson. They just knew the translation was going to be good. But I agree. I, I think Vikings did very well. Uh, anybody else want to contribute to any of the, the, the teams that they didn't get to talk about? Chris? I think Harry. a sneaky good draft was Jacksonville. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Dude, Jacksonville did really good. I, I liked their, you know, especially their first three picks. I like LaVisca Chenault, getting him in the second round. You get a guy who's a good run-after-catch receiver, uh, C.J. Henderson, who, again, if you're, you know, they're in a rebuild mode, give him some time to, you know, he's he was a good man corner, give him some time to learn the position a little bit more. Caleb on chase on. I know a lot of people were very high on him. And, he, you know, again, when you're getting that kind of a pass rusher, you know, who, yeah, it's a high upside guy, but good enough. Like, you're, you're, there's a good projection for him. You know, it, it, I liked their draft as well. Ben Barch in the fourth round. Uh, ben Barch Shaquille, is really good. Shaquille Quarterman in the fourth round, who I like as linebacker out of Miami. So, I, I they had a sneaky good draft. Yeah, I agree. Any other drafts you guys want to comment on, or you guys want to move to drafts he didn't like? I thought Cleveland had a good first two days. Let's I liked Cleveland's that. day three, too. Yeah, Cleveland had a solid draft. <clears throat> dude, I loved Cleveland's draft. And as a Cleveland Browns fan, I, I didn't want to brag on it. But, dude, I like the fact they got Jedrick Wills and Delpit. They fixed, you know, the offensive line. They they fixed their free safety issue. Uh, Delpit, you know, he can hide the, the tackling deficiencies. And also, he tackled pretty well his first year coming out when he blew up the whole college football uh, ethos, if you will. And then uh, I loved Jordan Elliott. Good three-tech uh, D-tackle out of Missouri. And then I wasn't a big fan of the linebacker they picked at the third round, but again, like you know, at this point they need to fix their line. You know, they they're they're throwing cheap darts at linebacker, so it was like, hey, this is about where you know a lot of the good linebackers already went off the board. Uh, there probably was some other guys they could have went for at that spot, but it was it's a day end of the day two picks. I liked yeah. day three for them. I liked Donovan Peoples Jones as a sixth rounder. Yes, um, I like that pick. I liked Bryant uh, out of FIU, uh, uh, Florida. Is it Florida Atlantic he came out of, yeah. or Florida International? Uh, I liked him. Good tight end. He's more of a developmental guy, and again, it's kind of more of your third tight end. But they like running two and three tight end sets. You he's know, you have two more. The, he's the guy that won the Mackey Award, right? The yes. Yes. Yeah. Right, and you add him with the tight ends they have, and and now you create mismatches with mismatches with you know multiple tight ends on the field, like you know. Like obviously the the Patriots did years ago, 
the Ravens did the last few years with having a lot of tight ends. You can really create some interesting mismatches when you have different tight ends like that. Well, even the Eagles did that last year. They had uh, that was the only way they were able to create some offense. They had uh, they had Dallas Goddard and they had Zach Ertz. Yeah. So, because uh, they weren't able to get a lot, of, you know, they lost all the speed on the offense. That's why, dude, they went three fast receivers in this draft. They went one on day one, and they went two on day three. I thought that was uh, one of the redeeming qualities of the Eagles. Plus, they went a couple of good O linemen towards the end of the draft: Prince Teguanogo and uh, Jack Driscoll. I kind of like both those guys from Auburn. Uh, probably one of them's going to kick into guard, though. Probably Jack Driscoll has more of a guard build and athleticism to him. Uh, yeah. So I, any? I... Oh, go ahead. Colby? Yeah, no, uh, speaking as an Eagles fan, I, I read a bit about this stuff. Uh, just goal I read was uh, working on some center as well. So with Jason Kelsey coming back for probably his last year, seeing as he had to make the announcement that he was not retiring, leads you to believe he's going to retire next year. I think they might be grooming him to replace him. That's true, too. Offensive line. Like, again, that, that that's the uh, men, that, that's one of the things I love about the Eagles, uh, the Seahawks. And the Patriots, as you can see, sometimes the the team building mentality that they're putting into it with the Eagles, it's offensive line and defensive line being ahead of the curve instead of behind the curve. Um, any last any last comments on any teams before we move on to the, the, the teams that we didn't like? Cincinnati had a good draft. I'll just put it that way. I'll just say that Cincinnati had a good draft. I agree. I, I liked. Uh, well, everybody likes Joe Burrow, unless you're. Uh, Chris, did you like Joe Burrow? I can't remember. I know you didn't like quarterbacks. I no, I don't think he's the number one pick. I mean, but we overdraft quarterbacks like all hell. I didn't think there was any real good quarterback. All right, uh, but I I agree with Shane. I thought they had a really good draft. I might have went different on receiver, but again, I felt like the difference between T. Higgins and some other guys. It's about a scheme fit, uh, and honestly, I felt like you know I felt like they could have used another good real route runner, uh, like. Kind of like I thought they could have went KJ Hamler there, um, but they already have a speed guy on the roster. But I feel like that's one of those positions you can never be too little on speed. But I, I liked the Bengals uh, a bit. Plus, they, I just felt like they should have went Josh Jones at some point. Like he yeah. fell, he fell to Arizona in the third round. You know, I felt like that was the team that hey, you've had O line issues for the last like I don't know, like three years since basically Andrew Whitworth left and left you for dust and you got, went to the LA Rams. So I, I, that's the one issue I had with their draft. But I felt like they did pretty good otherwise. Uh, so let's get to the losers, everybody. Uh, who, who, Chris, we'll start you off. Who's your big losers of the draft, man? Uh, these two teams, the only way to, to, to uh, say about their draft is uninspired. And that's mm-hmm. uh, Houston and Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh sucked. Like Houston, like Houston's draft is like, yeah. you know, Blacklock's okay. Jonathan Grenard's developmental. Charlie Heck, the offensive lineman they got in the fourth round, eh, you know, more developmental. Uh, Pittsburgh's draft, Claypool's all right. You know, Highsmith's coming out of a small school. Anthony McFarland Jr., the running back. Eh, like, just uninspired, I think, if I'm a fan of either of those teams. I mean, Bill O'Brien's just proving his worth as one of the worst GMs in the history of modern American football. Oh yeah, don't don't get. I feel like everybody likes to pile on uh, Bill O'Brien. I feel bad, uh, but you're you're right. He had a kind of uninspiring draft. What was that, Shane? He's a stooge. (laughs) I think Shane's gonna start printing out shirts to say Bill O'Brien's a stooge if they don't already exist. The only real word I could come up with, like, just uninspiring. Like, I don't know if you're a fan of either one of those teams. Are you excited about any one of these players? 
Like, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, are you excited about Chase Claypool? Like, okay, he's a nice player, but I don't know. I just uninspired. Not given where they took him. Pick you have in the draft. That's my point. Yeah, Shane, that's my point. And it's weird because we've seen that. Actually, a lot of the teams that didn't have a first-round pick, they kind of whiffed on their first pick, didn't they? Outside of Buffalo. Like, there was uh, there was the Texans, the, the Steelers, uh, L.A. Rams. I was not a big fan of the L.A. Rams draft, to be honest. The Bears um, trading up to get their 10th tight end on the roster? And the yes. Roster. That's not a joke, people. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad. That was it. Yeah, that was probably another bad one. Yeah, it feels like all the ones who didn't have a first round pick, they went and reached, but they reached for guys who probably weren't that good. Um, so those were your two. Uh, Harry, what were your two of yours? Well, I was like, I'm not going to say this to sound biased, but I'm going my two division rivals, Miami and New England. Oh, yeah. Any reason why? Because, well, it's like we took, like I said, like I've been vocal about this, Chris has been vocal about this. I think Tua Tunga Lovia, he's going to be a bust. <laughs> you know, he's, you could just, you know, you just have him just sit on the, it's like, you could have just waited and maybe gotten a guy like Jalen Hurts. You know, you could have had him sit on the bench behind Brian Fitzpatrick. And if he doesn't work out, like, Dolphins are not going to be good right away, even if they drafted well. So, so maybe tank for somebody better next year, like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And it's like, they spent the past, like, year or so acquiring draft picks and they whiffed on a bunch of them. Austin Jackson, here's there's a guy who should not have went in the first round. And and New England, I just just, you know, as Chris said about Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh and Houston, just uninspiring. They traded out of the first round. You know, they've they're going through a transition period, losing Brady uh, Brady and Gronk. So they're gonna this is probably a draft they needed to have a few hits on. A lot of people are talking about that maybe getting Jake from. But they instead of taking him, they took a kicker. They were the first team to take a kicker. <laughs> And then let Jake Fromm fall to their division rivals, the Buffalo Bills. A so race not... kicker. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard about. That. <laughs> I heard well, about that. Well, he's got to sell a lot of jerseys in, in Boston. Ooh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, I definitely agree with, uh, the Texans Miami. I feel more mixed about, cause I felt like they had some good picks and some mixed picks. I felt like they were more the middling draft where it's like, I felt like you could have done better. I, I feel like, I feel like that guy who was like, if I was talking to Miami, I'm like, dude, you guys just could have done so much better. It's like, they're dating like a six and you know, they can get a 10. Like you can get a 10, just work out, go hang out, go to the bar, talk to chicks. I don't know. Miami, I felt weird because I liked Tua. I liked uh, – I actually didn't hate the corner, Igbenogany, that they picked up. Uh, Curtis Weaver, who they got on day three, I kind of liked. Raekwon Davis, I thought was a little high where they picked him. But overall, like, I didn't hate the pick. Um, I thought he was going to be a good player. You're right. I don't like Austin Jackson. But when you look at it in the total of their draft, I felt like they could have – I agree. I kind of didn't like all of it, but I, I think there was bits and pieces. Colby, what, what's your opinion, man? What what uh, Any of those teams that you don't like or any teams in particular you're going to bring up? I had the Patriots as well just because, like, you lost Tom Brady. How are you not taking quarterback, at least in the late rounds? Like, they picked up the Louisiana Tech guy and, as an undrafted free agent. Like, that's not going to do it. And Jarrett Stidham's not your future quarterback. Beyond that, uh, I had the Seahawks just because I I did a mock draft before uh, the draft, and I had them taking Epinesa. You had they had two shots at him. They traded up before <laughs> the Bills, and they took a different edge rusher. How do you I do remember this. You let him fall to the Bills, and besides that, I don't think that's a bad draft, but I think that's just a bad move. Twice. 
Yeah, their first two picks I was not a big fan of. The Seahawks, you know, they went with Jordan Brooks in the first round, which, listen, I again, linebacker is kind of a weird position. It's it, it, linebacker and safety. It's but uh, you tra- you had you took him before Patrick Queen, who I felt like no matter what is going to probably be like you know everybody's talking about the Ravens draft and everybody's a big fan of the Ravens draft. I thought Patrick Queen was going to be like a much better player than than Brooks. Now Brooks I think has a maybe a little bit better in the run game, but still I don't know. I, I felt like that was uh like if you're looking for a guy who like when you're playing cover three zone, don't you want that linebacker who's going to be able to to play good zone coverage? Um. The only thing is, I never count Seattle out, right? They always seem to do this shit, yeah. and then they still because they're riding the back of Russell Wilson, they they take him like all the way to the playoffs, and now it's just been like they they keep pretending they can rebuild the Legion of Boom, that defensive line, that great that great cornerback core, the safeties, and they like they do some parts of it well, and they do somehow win a lot of games, uh, like every few years, like, except for like the. The one year I think they like two years ago or whatever it was, they just seem to constantly be on the playoff contention track every year. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what to do with the the Seahawks ever. Uh, Shane, what's a couple of teams that you didn't like, man? Uh, the the three I had on my list, the Seahawks and Steelers were on that list. They pretty much said all the reasons. They just the Seahawks had need at edge and uh, secondary, and they just didn't take the best value picks when they had them. But my absolute least favorite draft was Chicago. They had Ooh. no first-round picks. <laughs> then they trade up to take a tight end when they already have nine on the roster. Then they take Johnson out of Utah, which is the only pick they like. They had no pick in round three or four. And then in, in round five and seven, they only dra- they had five picks, and only one of them was, out of power, was a player out of a five, Power 5 conference, which if you're not familiar with college football, that's – the SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, and Pac-12. Everybody came from a small school. And it, and some of them didn't even fit positions in need. So they had the worst draft out of all 32 teams. Ryan Pace, is, he's another stooge. Yeah, they, they, they could have used, uh, you know, some defensive line help, didn't draft any of that. Yeah, it was, it was a bad draft. New England, I don't know if you guys read this article or saw this today. New England said – that their design was to come out of this draft with a quarterback. So apparently they had someone in mind that they wanted to get, and that person got chosen before they could, before they could pick them. Because their their design was to come out of this draft with a specific quarterback. Uh, I mean, even then, I feel like you have to take one. Like, just try to. You had a couple cracks at Fromm. Fromm seems like a Brady type player coming out of college, and I mean, well, unless, again, they're, like unless they're tanking for Trevor, which I don't think they're going to do that. Because right. it's Belichick, and Belichick wants to win. That's a bad move. Like I said, they, they obviously had one guy in mind, and they got outmaneuvered for it. You know, they had one guy in mind in a specific round, probably, and they so – who, who was that guy? Who did they didn't an article saying that their, their design was to come out of this draft with a quarterback. Yeah, but who, who would you think it was? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Eason. I doubt what that. I doubt that's even true. I well, I think well, it's coming from a quote from Bill Belichick, and what the quote was is that they said, "Oh, you didn't come out of this draft with a quarterback." He says that wasn't by design. 
So with the with quotes a little bit mixed, it doesn't mean that they necessarily had a particular quarterback, but that they had guys set in certain rounds. Like they might have been willing to take Fromm in round six or round five, but they right. you know they had certain grades on guys they didn't shoot at them. Maybe they were going to take Jordan uh, Jordan Love in round two or something. You know, uh, so maybe they had different like because that's Belichick. Because he goes by his board. If there's nobody there, he'll trade down. So. Uh, I actually, that's why I'm like, I always feel weird. Again, that's another team. Patriots, I never count them out. They're always weird drafting, but they always seem to get, like, weird good values. Like, they got Josh Uche. I thought that was a good pickup. So, they had a couple of guys. You're right. Everybody's going to complain about the quarterback. Uh, they didn't go out and get a quarterback. I, uh, I The two that I had that I didn't like, I didn't like the Rams, man. Because the two best players they picked yeah. were, like, were literally the things that they were already tied to, right? You got, like, they were, like, it was part of, like, releases that they made or trades they made in the offseason, but not even similar players. So Cam Akers, right, round two. Did you really, really, you spent a first-round pick on a, you spent a third-round pick on a running back last year in Daryl Henderson. You gave Malcolm Brown an extension. You just cut Todd Gurley, and you're paying him $7 million to go play, or $5 million to go play on the, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, then you go ahead and draft Van Jefferson, who I like Van Jefferson, but, like, he's, like, the discount version of actually the guy who shares his last name, Justin Jefferson. It's like if you if you couldn't get up in the air, if, if Justin Jefferson was only just a good route runner as a slot guy and didn't have some of the, you know, they both have good hands. But, again, like, I think I would trust Justin Jefferson more in a 50-50 ball situation. Uh, I just I, I didn't understand their draft. They didn't go at O-Lyman. I We were saying the whole night the during the live stream. Uh, what are you doing here? Like you, you're gonna lose Whitworth in a year. Uh, I know you guys drafted a couple of online, but like the first two rounds, like the, especially because they had a couple of extra, you know, it just didn't make sense. They had a couple of extra picks in, on day two. They didn't spend, uh, they didn't spend nearly enough uh, capital on offensive line. And then while Washington drafted, what? Oh, Sadiq Charles. Oh no, Sadiq Charles was Washington. But that's why I'm bringing up Washington. So Washington went Chase Young for a second overall. Totally like that. Totally get the pick. Like the player. I didn't like any of the rest of their draft. It was they got one tackle in the fourth round. Sadiq Charles. Uh, again, another team that were saying, wait, they could have taken Josh Jones. They could have went for this guy. And it felt like they kind of they didn't try to get more picks. They took forever to trade Trent Williams, so they lost out on the value there. By the way, Trent yeah, Williams was dude, traded. They traded him for a fifth. Exactly, yeah. a fifth and a third next year, dude. What the hell? By the way, that's where I feel like Miami failed. Miami could have gotten great value. Listen, and nobody be talking about Austin Jackson right now if Miami traded for uh, Trent Williams, right? And it was supposed to be like, hey, Austin, you're going to get a stopgap year. We're getting Trent Williams, or we'll play you at guard for right now, or play you at right tackle, or we'll play you at left tackle. We'll switch Trent to the other side because you feel like you can protect him better. But that's hard when you're in your 30s. It's hard to relearn, you know, the side sets. Like it's when you're earlier, when you're younger, and you're like 20s, it's they'll switch you to different sides. But like you saw with Donald Penn, Donald Penn switched from the left side to the right side in his mid 30s, and he did not play well. He went back to the left side, played much better. Um, so yeah, those were the two I did not care for. Uh, any of the ones that were mentioned that like you guys wanted to chip in on? I mean, just for the Redskins, I. Besides the Chase Young pick, I did like their two uh, skill position picks. I liked uh, Gibson and Gandy Golden, just because they're both athletic and they're both fast. Beyond like I wanted Gandy Golden for the Eagles, but uh, beyond that, yeah, no, I don't like the draft. And again, I think part of my dis like my dislike for them is their delay in getting any kind of compensation for uh, Trent Williams, because yeah. again, you could have utilized that in this draft to set your team up for the future. 
Now you got a fifth rounder this year and a third rounder next year, which good. You got a third rounder for one of the best tackles in the NFL, and you kind of wasted the the uh, the value there. So those are the main ones. I feel like uh, any last thoughts on uh, the, the the ones we didn't like so far before we get into particular picks. No, no it doesn't nope. look like it. All right, so uh, it was a fun draft. It was a great draft, but like uh, let's each give our like uh, the day our favorite day one pick and least favorite day one pick. And we'll go. Uh, we'll go backwards in order. We'll go. With Shane, who was your favorite day one pick uh, uh, this weekend? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. He's, he was. Yeah, falling to seventeen. Yeah, in a team that didn't necessarily need him. He's more of a luxury for that offense. But th- he was considered. He was my number one wide receiver in the draft, as well as most people's. And you get him at seventeen. This is great pick by Jerry Jones. I agree, Colby. What was like one of your what was your, one of your favorite picks on day one? I had Tristan Wirfs just because I had him as the best overall tackle. I had him go to the Giants at four, but for him to fall to thirteen and protect Tom Brady with they don't have to worry about it. It's perfect pick. No, I agree. I liked Tristan Wirfs as well. Uh, good feet. I didn't have him as the best tackle, but I do like it. Like I thought he was. You know, I thought the top three tackles in this class were amazing. Like any one of them could have probably been a good argument for top tackle. Uh, very yeah. athletic guy. Ran a, a four eight five in the forty. Just I, I agree. I thought that was a good pick. Um, I thought it was weird that San Francisco managed to swindle them out of a fourth round pick to come up one spot. I don't know how they do it. Uh, he, he has pictures of some of these GMs. You know, it's either Shanahan or or uh, or Lynch, but one of them has pictures of some of these guys like naked somewhere, or they learned how to hack their phones. Uh, we're gonna release this porn tape that you made with your uh, your significant other. If you don't, uh, that's what they do. They do porn tapes, right? Uh, I, so, a, I got a theory. I got a theory as to how they got that uh, that pick that trade through. I think that maybe they may have leaked it to the Bucks that they were losing Staley and that they were gonna take a tackle. So they convinced them that they needed to jump ahead. Look at you, man, with the the real storyline there. That's right. Uh, Joe Staley retired. I, you know, dude, you caught me off guard. I totally forgot about that. That probably explains it. Where they were like, either they said to you, "Listen, we're gonna probably take the tackle, or we'll save the the effort for ourselves." And we're already talking to the the Washington. Uh, the other th- option I thought is maybe somebody else wanted to come up for a different player, and they were yeah. saying to Tampa Bay, like, "Hey, we don't want to move back. We have somebody else calling up. We think they're coming up for a tackle. We know you want a tackle." What if we move back one and then – but, by the way, they didn't even use that extra pick, by the way. They ended up trading it to get back up to take Brandon Ayuk. Um, hey, go Sun Devils. Forks up. That's what's up. Harry, what was uh, what was one of your least favorite drafts? Le- least what was one of your favorite picks? I'm sorry. Favorite picks on day my one. Favorite picks? Um, I'm probably going to have I'm, – I'm probably going to have to go either Isaiah Simmons or – I'm probably, probably going to have to sell in St. Patrick Queen. I know I've, I've been saying that a bunch, but probably my first, favorite first, you know, day one pick, Patrick Queen. I like Patrick Queen. I thought that – well, I hate that he went to a team that I, uh, my team plays against, but I thought – like I was saying, I, I I hate that the Ravens had such a good draft. Uh, there's a little bit of hope there in my heart, but there's – you know, like it, because of the positional values of some of the guys. But still, like Patrick Queen was a great pick. I thought he was definitely uh, outside of Isaiah Simmons, probably one of the top linebackers in the class. Uh, Rich, did you have a particular one that you liked? I kind of skipped over you. Let your son talk. Yeah, sorry. I, I yeah, kind of let you. I haven't been this. I haven't been this unprepared for something since uh, eighth grade history class. So I, I will <laughs> let Kobe do the talking for me. 
There you go. It's like, well, it's like that's a great. Imagine like you have to have your son in eighth grade though, and be like, yo, dude, like, he comes back in time. It's like, dude, I need you to go back in time, help me not fail a history test, or something. Yeah, actually, I, I would, I would kill for that. Actually, yes. <laughs> All right, Chris. What was one of your favorite uh, day one picks? Uh, I was gonna go with Queen, but we talked about him a lot, and that was Harry's. And the more I, the more I read about it, and the more I watched some things, and I saw an interview with Andy Reid. Man, I love that Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like, I think they are just going to – I mean, they're going to take their offense to an even different level with someone like that, with the versatility of, of Edwards Hilaire, especially him being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Man, they just – they're, they, they're going to set records on top of records that they've already set. You know what? That that pick, I, you know, again, I think we had to talk about it on draft night. I feel mixed on that pick. Like, on the one end, I, I love the player. On the other end, did they get the value out of the pick? I think if you look at his pass catching, and it's almost like they're playing five wide on the field every down, that's the aspect of it I really like. Um, I know there's some analytics out there that say uh, passes to running backs aren't as valuable, but that also might be, you know, when you, ha- you have to look at it with the, like, basically with the eyes of, is it because of uh, – you know, the types of routes that they're running because you can run a lair and di- like a totally different, you know, setup than you can say, you know, throwing to Nick Chubb out of the backfield or throwing to, uh, it's one, those, it's one of those things Woj, where it's not just passes running back. It's the threat of the pass to a running back. Like that. Yeah. Because then a linebacker, someone has to come up in his own and then Kelsey fits in behind, you know, it's just like, the, yeah. you know, I know Andrew's a big baseball guy, right? When you have, when you have Giancarlo Stanton batting behind Aaron Judge, there's a value to that. Even if Stanton's not hitting home runs or not hitting well. You and know, that's already an offense. That's already an offense. You can't double team anyone. Right. If you double team anyone, there's going to be a huge mismatch somewhere else on the field. No disagreement there. And, I, again, like I like the player, and I think he went to the perfect place to go. So, and if there's anybody I'm not going to second guess, this is why they were not on my least favorite list. I'm not going to second guess Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, those guys, they seem to just keep doing it right. And even when they don't, like, they just seem to keep doing it right somehow, even when they, you don't think they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. So, what was uh, some of your least favorite picks on day one? Shane, what was your least favorite pick on day one? Um, <laughs> so, like, we're leaving the Packers off limits, right? You could you uh, we could talk Jordan Love. I meant like for the teams when we were talking the teams. I felt like that was so we didn't even talk about him yet. We're going to talk about the end of this segment where I kind of where we you're kind of leading into it. But yeah, go ahead and talk Jordan Love. It's fine. Or if you want to bring up another one you didn't like. Yeah, let's just leave the Packers off limits in general. But and by the way, just now that I'm thinking about it, I think Jordan Love was the quarterback the Patriots wanted because yeah, the Packers had up to get him. And then very next, like, New England was supposed to have the next pick, and then they just traded out of the first round. So That's but, very possible. I mean, it, that I, would sound exactly what, like, Baltimore did a couple of years ago, where they kept on trading down, and they still got Lamar Jackson with their yeah. second first-round pick. But so, yeah, we, my least day one pick was Damon Arnett from the Las Vegas Raiders at 19. Yeah. Because – Secondary is a huge need for them. You still had guys like Jeff Gladney, um, Fulton from LSU, Diggs from Alabama. All those guys were on the board. And they take Damon Arnett, who wasn't even the number one corner on his team in college at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and he only runs a 4 5 six, 40. 
So and he gets burnt a lot in college, and when he does, he holds. So he, he was heavily penalized. So like, what? And it's not even a normal Raiders pick because they screwed that up with their first pick because they took the fastest wide receiver. So then with their second pick, they're like, okay, let's do the opposite and take the slowest defensive back. I don't, let's just Mike Mayock pisses me off, man. Maybe their plan was to be like start like releasing video of practice of uh of rugs going against Damon Arnett and he's just blowing by him every time and everybody's going, Shit, we gotta cover rugs and then they start throwing it to to Tyrell Williams and Waller and Josh Jacobs. Uh well, yeah, because Eric Carr can't throw downfield. <laughs> I, I disagree with that a little bit. He threw a couple of good deep balls last year to Tyrell Williams and Tyrell Williams broke his foot. But generally speaking, Literally he's not known for that. What was that? Yeah, when you said a couple, that's literally only two. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't like the Damon Arnett pick either. Anybody else here want to in, ha, input on the Damon Arnett pick? Any other particular insight on that? Was, I mean, Arnett, Arnett was my choice too. But uh, just because you also drafted a slot corner later in the round, uh, in, later in the draft with uh, Robertson, who was a much yeah, better I mean, value with the pick you got him at. So it's, it's redundancy. You could have. All right, guys, we got yeah. another guy coming in. Uh, he was here on the the live cast the other night. Uh, please welcome in uh, uh, Kev, DJ, and Tense. It might take a minute for him to get in. Uh, but, yeah, keep uh, – so Damon Arnett I, – I, uh, well, the weird thing with Damon Arnett is, is he's 24, too. He's much older. Um, Colby, what's one of the guys that you didn't care much for in the draft that the, that went on day one? Well, and welcome Arnett, on uh, – I had, I had the, uh, the other – early corner beside the dead that I think went a little too early with uh, AJ Terrell. Uh, gotcha. Terrell was a second or third rounder. You could have gotten Fulton. You could have gotten uh, Jalen Johnson. Instead, you go with the guy who got destroyed by Jamar Chase in the championship. And I think that there are much better picks available if you need to go corner there. Well, I thought he held up okay with Jamar Chase. He just wasn't good at the catch point with him, which unfortunately, if you're saying if you're able to stay in phase with somebody, but you can't stop him from catching the ball, you're not yeah. that great of a corner. He's probably more of a round two corner. And um, you're gonna be in a league with Michael Thomas in a division with Michael Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then not only that, but uh, with with AJ Terrell, that, there's some rumors out there that maybe that was the pick that uh, that the Raiders wanted to do, that they wanted to go for AJ Terrell. And then they missed out on him, and they got stuck with Damon Arnett, who's their corner two on their board or something. Like they yeah. freaked out, and they went, shit, I didn't realize this is my time. I'm on the clock. Yeah, uh, of course they would take Terrell because he's from Clemson. That was 80% of their draft was Clemson. <laughs> yep, the, the Clemson. These Clemson guys, I'll tell you what. <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys, welcome on. Uh, Kev, a.k.a. Mr. DJ Intense. Uh, how's it going, Kev? What's up, guys? How y'all doing, man? Nothing good, Kev. How's it going? Not much, not much. I just wrapped up my own pod. That's a few minutes ago. I had to do recording for somebody for another show, so busy over here on my end. What's going on? Great. It's great. It's great having you. Um, we're talking about our, our favorite and least favorite picks on day one. Uh, I'll give you uh, I'll give you a minute to kind of acclimate. We're going to go to uh, Harry next. Uh, you know, we were just talking about uh, A.J. Terrell and Damon Arnett as a least favorite day one picks. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Kev, uh, it's also uh, Andrew Rich and Colby are in the other corner on there. They're the other uh, screen. How's it going? How you doing? What's going on? Uh, so, Harry, what was one of your least favorite picks on day one? Uh, my least favorite pick on day one by far were Chargers taking Justin Herbert. I said, you know, 
Like, I've been a big fan of Tyrod Taylor, like, since he was in Buffalo. I know he's not going to be the quarterback for the future, but as I – is like, but and also the Chargers, they had other needs they could have addressed. They could have addressed the O line. You still had Beckton on. You still had Tristan Wirfs. He was still available. And also, you had Isaiah Simmons, who a lot of people considered to be the second best player on the draft. He was still on the board, you know, and he could and he really could have helped up that defense. But and and again, I don't think Justin Herbert's going to be that good. I think I said numerous times. I think Jalen Hurts, who was taken the second round, is going to be better. So if you were going to go with the wrong position, at least very least you could have done is get a better guy but yeah I think I'm gonna stick with Chargers stick and Herbert yeah Herbert seems to be a very mixed pick amongst people uh I know uh, there's probably somebody else uh in the panel who's not a big fan of that um I you know uh, and I think there's an argument to be made that if you think there's a quarterback who has the opportunity to be a top 10 quarterback and you get him on a cheap rookie deal you could build the team around him but uh, and I know uh there, Chris you you probably uh d- disagree with me on that you probably like the idea of going with Herbert or did this like the idea of going with Herbert? Yeah, my uh, worst pick in the uh, first day was all four quarterbacks. <laughs> well, there you go. All four quarterbacks, I think, huh? I think, I think the three, the, not Burrow, the other three, I think will win a combined less than 25 games in their NFL careers. Wow. Woo. Oh. Woo! Collectively. Damn. Anybody want to uh, provide a contrarian take to, to Mr. de Blasio or Harry's uh, take here? Uh, uh, Colby or Shane or Kev? Or you guys I actually, all... I'm a quarterback kind of kind of guy, so I disagree. I, I want them all to do really well. I think Herbert is actually a pretty good pick. Um, I think he fits much better in, uh, in Los Angeles than he would have in Miami which is where I had him going. I had the Chargers jumping to get to it, which was wrong. But uh, I think that Herbert is the guy the Chargers, I think, wanted for, like, months. And uh, I, I like him for his arm talent. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with the not taking quarterbacks at all in round one. Uh, I, I think I understand why people... Oh, you think all four of these guys? I just think this crop of quarterbacks was not... Definitely. I mean, quarterbacks are always going to get overdrafted in the NFL. That's the way it goes. So I think Burrow was, if you drafted him in the correct spot, it would be mid-first round. And the other three would be end of the first round or second round. Well, Tua, I don't think should be drafted. I'm the biggest anti-Tua guy, which we've gone over a million times. But Herbert and and Love could be late first round, early second round guys, maybe with Hurts, you know, in that area. But if Why Burrow are you so? If if Burrow wasn't from Ohio, would you think uh, the Bengals would have traded that pick? Yes. No. No. I, that was strictly no, no, off of his. No, no. It was off of his play. It had nothing to do with him being from Ohio. A couple of years ago, the Browns had the number one overall pick. They didn't take Mitch Trubisky because he was from Ohio. But, but Burrow's the over. You know, he he was the overall overall consensus first pick. But the Bengals, you know, they could have gotten a, a fortune for that pick. I think they just couldn't trade him because he was from Ohio. I also think it's partially from the the owners, kind of uh, very old school mentality. Uh, they have a very small scouting staff, so he's kind of like that guy who's like, "Listen, just take the best guy available." They don't really make those big trades. They're not playing into analytics. This that's actually probably the team because they're they're so cheap. There, they probably should invest more in analytics, but um, they don't even have indoor training facility. <laughs> 
I'm not even kidding. They play no, in fucking true. Cincinnati, and they have no indoor training facility. And it's cold in Cincinnati. Arizona State has that, and it never snows. <laughs> <laughs> I actually always wonder why the southern, like, places have more domes. Because it's domes. fucking hot. Yeah. I filmed so, football practice at the University of South Carolina for nine years. It's fucking hot. <laughs> so, Kev, uh, we did a rundown of uh, favorite and least favorite picks uh, from day one. Uh, what, what was your one of your favorite picks and one of your least favorite picks? My favorite pick, and it might sound, you know, kind of crazy. I thought that the, the Cowboys getting C.D. Lamb at 17, for him to yeah. fall there, that's probably my favorite pick. That they got yeah, that him. one. That, that one was, was mentioned. Yeah, and then my least favorite pick, and I, I'm, I'm gonna stick to it, man. Yo, the, the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, well, we're gonna get into the hello? Packers at the. We're gonna get into the Packers at the end of this. Uh, I, 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 I understand both those picks very well. Um, so any of the, the probably my second least favorite was Atlanta again. AJ Terrell. That part was like. <laughs> You know, yeah, there's that one also. Uh, it seems like uh, there's been a little bit of uh, mixed feelings on, especially because again, it, it felt like a little bit of a reach. He's more of a day two guy, and uh, like Colby said, that that beating he took, you know, in the beginning, he looks like he was holding pretty well against Jamar Chase, which Jamar Chase yeah. is probably going to be an elite receiver in the NFL when he comes out. Now, not maybe not right away, but I, I kind of agree with he's what Colby get a says. Yeah. Uh, so any of the picks that were mentioned so far that you guys uh, that were mentioned as least favorite day one picks that you guys all kind of a, a, a want to like air your your air any kind of thoughts on uh, until we move to day two or should we just move to day two? Yeah, yeah, let's move to day two. Um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna go ahead and move to day two. Let's do. Uh, Shane, what was uh, your favorite pick from day two? Uh, AJ Epinesa. Oh, to the Bills, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was For, a good defensive end. Yeah, and it's they're one of their strongest points. They're a defense first team and a run first conservative offense, and they just made the best side of their ball even better. And, uh, and they got him later than pretty much what he should have gone. So I was a big fan. Yeah, he was like a boy. He was initially he was a top fifteen pick, at least as the rumors went. And I guess r worries about his athleticism, if it's going to translate, what position he's going to play in the NFL. McDermott doesn't worry about that. McDermott's one of the like one of the better head coaches. If he sees somebody he likes, uh, he will find the way to make you work. He's just I, I, again, he's one of those coaches I really like from afar. Uh, there was a point where he might have almost been the Browns head coach. That didn't happen. And, well, him and their GM being also have a very, very, very like good communicative uh, working relationship as well. It's like that's one of the few teams that's like, like where the GM and the head coach like kind of see eye to eye. Exactly. Yeah. Like Bean was at, uh, McDermott was part of the reason why Bean got hired there as the GM. And yeah, they're they're totally in lockstep, totally in sync. They know what they want to do. And they have a vision, and they get the best. They get the best and the most out of their guys. They got a lot of high-end guys with good upside. And AJ Epinesa was a guy who had a lot of good production in college, who they probably think they can get more production out of. Uh, anybody think that? Anybody uh, agree with the, uh, the AJ Epinesa pick? 
Yeah, that was mine yeah, too. That was pretty nice. Um, I think for me was uh, the Giants getting Xavier McKinney, getting a top tier player. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's really good pick to steal that guy. I like him too. So. Yeah, Xavier McKinney was an interesting pick. I, the only thing I have a problem with the Xavier McKinney pick is, you know, I know uh, when we were doing the live draft, uh, Chris, who's a big uh, Giants fan, had mentioned that he thought they were going to go AJ, uh, AJ Epinesa because they needed pass rushers, right? And mm -hmm. he had fallen to them in the round two. Like, again, like that's a team that seems okay at safety, but I guess it all comes down – but that's taking best player available, right? Like, you're taking the best guy on your board. You think this guy can work in your defense. I just thought they were actually pretty good at safety. They got Love who could play free safety, and he's played it pretty well when he's been playing there. They got uh, Jabril Peppers who's played well at strong safety. But, like, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a scheme thing. Maybe it's something they want to do going forward. Anybody like the Xavier McKinney pick as well? Yes. Yeah, most – I mean, most things I've read since then have said that – McKinney was a consensus top 20 player on most teams boards, most analyst boards, and you get a chance to get a top 20 talent in the second round, right? It was just best player available at the time. Chris, what was one of your favorite day two picks? Uh, I had to go with uh, Mims for the Jets to yeah, trade right back yeah. and get a good quality receiver. Man, that was a – they it was risky what they were doing, but – the, the risk paid off for Joe Douglas. I, I agree. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. And, you know, I was just saying, and they needed a receiver. If they didn't draft a receiver in the second round, it would have been ugly oh. in Florida Park. We, we had three Jets fans on the live uh, on the live ca uh, draft uh, episode the other night, and they were all holding their, like, uh, holding the pearls close to their neck going, please draft Mims, please draft Mims. Like, and people thought Mims was going to go first round. Uh, he's athletic. He's good at the catch point. He's strong. He's got a little bit more to learn about playing in the NFL, but, dude, they picked him at a great spot. Um, you know, Kev and uh, Harry, I know you guys are big fans uh, of uh, of the pick, but go ahead and give your thoughts on it a little bit because I know you guys are both Jets fans. Uh, Harry, you first. Now, like you said, uh, you know, we, we've lost Robbie Anderson, who we need, who we desperately need to replace. The past two years we've all been, been talking about, you know, get Darnold some protection, get Darnold some receivers. And that's exactly what we did in the first two rounds of the draft. And like you said before, it's a, a guy who should have been a first-round pick who ended up falling to late in the second round. And, you know, that's that, Mims was the only guy you could have picked at that spot. Uh, Kev, yeah, uh, I, I Kev what was your thoughts uh, on it? Like you said, it was, ri it was risky to keep trading down and keep trading down and keep trading down, but to get uh, a top first-round talent, and that late in the second round, you, you might as well go put the numbers after that. Go look at the clock, whatever numbers popped up, go play numbers like immediately. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree. I, I like, uh, I, I gotta say, for uh, Joe Douglas's first uh, draft, I definitely was a big fan. Colby, what was uh, one of your favorite picks in the draft on, the, uh, on day original, two? My original answer would have been Epinesa, but I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with Trayvon Diggs, because I had him going to the Cowboys in the first round, and he fell to the second, and they still got him. Uh, the guy's been around the NFL forever with, uh, with Stephon Diggs, his brother, and um, he's he's a went through Alabama, best training facilities ever, basically, and he's a first round talent. They got him in the second, so that's a steal for me. Definitely. Um, anybody else want to opine on that? No, no. Like I said earlier, Dallas to me overall had the best draft because you kept getting top tier players. 
and just kept falling onto you, so you had to pick him. So I love what Dallas did with that pick. You lost Byron Jones, so you could put Diggs in there. Trial by fire. No, I totally agree. Uh, they needed a corner. They they need somebody to stick outside. You know, they have Jadobia Wuzier. They got Jordan Lewis. But they need, like, you know, they need a third guy. They lost Byron Jones. Uh, they have a new defensive scheme coming in. And uh, hopefully, you know, that, that again, that, Diggs was a guy who could have went round one. So, yeah. uh, Harry, what was one of your favorite uh, players picked in this draft? Probably on the, day two. On day, day two, probably Josh Jones. Yes, you know, of the Arizona Cardinals. They, he was a guy. They got a really they got a first round quality player in the third round and they were addressing one of their needs. They've had a really bad offensive line last year and to get, to get somebody who probably could win the first round. That's, that's huge for them. No, I agree. I thought that was actually why uh, I was a big fan of Arizona's draft as well. Um, because again, Josh Jones was, uh, I, I thought probably might've even been better than Becton and certainly was what people were thinking when they were like, when people think about Ezra Cleveland, they look at his athletic profile, right? They go, oh, he did really well at the Combine. They think he's going to be this great athletic mover. Josh Jones was that in college. Now, there's a lot of questions about, you know, who he was playing against and the the things that translate to the NFL, does he do well? But, I again, I just liked watching. He's a good people mover. He was also really good in pass blocking. Uh, so, with, the, with those day two picks, the, uh, Kev, did you give yours? Yeah, you did, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's all those days? Walter. Walter, I have what? a question. Yeah, Rich, what's question. up? So if this was like 1993, wouldn't somebody like Jonathan Taylor be like a top three pick? Yeah. Uh, potentially, yeah. But uh, I people learn the game. You know, the game's adapted. It's changed. The rules have changed. Uh, you know, the, a the you know the rules you're playing with as far as pass interference, so it's now more of a passing game. But also teams have learned the value of throwing the ball, right? Like you're, you know, and also they also learned what the value of what gets you the run, what gets your, the yards, right? Like, is it, is all your running, your running yards built off of your, your running back, or is it more of it built off of your offensive line, right? Like, you know, if you don't have any offensive line to block for your running back or you don't get good run blocking, then there's no value to a running back. But if you're run, if your offensive line is, is run blocking really well, and you have five yards before you get hit before contact. It doesn't matter who you stick back there. That's why uh, uh, Run DMC uh, was uh, uh, Darren McFadden did so well a couple years ago when he went to the Cowboys for uh, a couple of years, and then he was breaking everything. His elbow, his shoulder, uh, dropped his phone can apparently. Add, and can I add something to that, Woj? Yeah. And what you're saying about not having an offensive line now, Andrew and I are a little bit older. Andrew's a little bit older than me, but yeah, Andrew, we grew up with. No, 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 but I'm saying it. we grew up with, with running backs. We grew up with Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith and Roger Craig as a Giants fan, Joe Morris. You know, we grew up with those bell cow running backs. But part of it is the NFL had to adjust because the college games became so spread and um, pass-happy that a lot of guys are not good run blockers anymore because they don't run block at all in college, traditional run blocking. You know, traditional downhill run blocking. The run blocking is done out of the shotgun and out of these zone blocking schemes, okay? And, a lot, and you know, the read option, you're pass blocking on the read option because you're, you know, you're waiting. If he pulls it and throws a pass, the lineman have to be behind the line of scrimmage. 
So I think it's the change in the offensive line that has helped lead to the decline of the running back. So where would somebody like Ron Dane go today? He wouldn't have gotten drafted today. Ron Dane would have, would have been an unsigned free agent. Yeah. But well, like, honestly, that though is like since the the game used to be so predominantly run heavy, that's when linebackers kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger to fill the holes. Mm-hmm. Football offensive scheming is all about finding mismatches. So if you can get an athletic, quicker tight end, that's an immediate mismatch against the linebacker. So once the tight end started getting utilized more and more as a weapon, that's why now you see these linebackers that are smaller, leaner, and quicker mm-hmm. so they can athletically match up with the tight end as well. So that, that's why right now we're kind of getting a comeback with these big running backs. That's why Derrick Henry was a leading rusher, not just because he's big, but because of how often he was used, how much, how much volume he got. That's why the San Francisco 49ers – won the NFC championship with 10 pass can pass attempts because they're just so run heavy. Now, granted they're an outside scheme, not through the tackles, but it's because it's just the, the linebackers got smaller to match up with the tight ends. So now mm-hmm. it's coming back around to the running backs having, you know, a size advantage or a, a volume advantage, like death by a thousand cuts type way to, to beat him up the middle and on the outside. I think you I've actually met Derek Henry. He is a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he is a really, really big guy. I'm like, how you run so fast at that height? Like, I don't get it. And like, like you said earlier. Like, fucking couch, dude. Yeah, like, he, like, he's like six foot five, six, six. I'm like, whoa. And then his size, like, oh, my gosh, bro. He's a, whoo, he's a big dude. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, to, to, to piggyback off what Shane's saying, and then you're also seeing defensive ch- defenses change now. And we talked about someone like an Isaiah Simmons is a perfect example now. Mm-hmm. Of a guy who's kind of a hybrid safety linebacker. You know, when you see more two traditional linebackers in a game and then four to five defensive backs a lot more, on, especially on first and second down, when, mm-hmm. you know, you would only go to a nickel on third down back in the day. Now you could have five defensive backs on a first down play. Much more um, – it's much more prominent. And part of that is is schemes adapt. So everybody, right. everybody wants to be the next hot thing, thing, right? Yeah. So for instance, like a couple of years ago, nobody was using their slot receiver. Now eleven personnel is the the common thing, uh, and now people are going back to running twelve personnel because they realize, well, if I get a mismatch with the tight end or the fullback, or I can dictate who's on the field, uh, then you can go ahead and make your offense more explosive. This is also why, like, the outside zone run was working really well for San Francisco because everybody would freeze on play action, so then they were telling the linebackers to stay off the line of scrimmage, and also they were getting great run blocking, and they were also getting, you know, they were designing plays really well. And Kyle Shanahan started adding wrinkles to the game, too. They were, you know, they were doing a lot of outside zone the first two years, but as guys learned the scheme, they start throwing in some gap power, you know, some counters, and then, again, you're running a lot of play action to, to marry the run with the pass. That's the Shanahan scheme. So now teams don't know when you're really running the ball and it's all about you know especially with Shanahan's scheme it's the 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 bread and butters around that outside zone play action game uh so kind of ran a little bit onto the uh, onto that idea but honestly it's a great conversation rich I, i it was a great question and it just it turned into that like a great conversation uh, we were talking before, though, about uh, favorite picks from day two. What's some of the least favorite picks from day two? Uh, Shane, what was one of your least favorite picks? Before I say that, just real quick, Antoine Winfield Jr., 
safety out of Minnesota to Tampa Bay was another great round two pick. But my, my least favorite day two pick, I already talked about, Cole Komet, tight end out of Notre Dame. Chicago traded up to get him in one of the weakest tight end classes I've ever need, and that's an organization that has glaring weaknesses way more pressing than the tight end position. Defensive line, offensive line, secondary, and they, they trade up to get a tight end when they already have nine. I just, I just <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the time the clock is running enough. on pace. I, I can't emphasize enough how poor of a draft that whole franchise had, but that specific pick, just how poor it was. Yeah, no, I, believe me, uh, especially because it's not even the first tight end they've taken in like the last three years. Uh, they they drafted Adam Shaheen a couple years ago. They signed Trey Burton in free agency. They seem drawn to, to going ahead. They just signed Jimmy Graham. To another, yeah. To, they overpaid Jimmy Graham. Yeah, uh, a late stage Jimmy Graham, like at the end of his career, like he should really be like you know retiring, putting it up, going to the to the retirement home. Uh, Harry, what was one of your favorite, uh, least favorite picks from day two? Least favorite, uh, Chris talked about this before. I, I just gotta go Claypool with the Steelers. You know, like, mm -hmm. okay player, but went way higher than he should have when you had like other like Denzel Mims was still on the board and you picked Claypool. Yeah, and, I kind of. He... <laughs> go ahead. No, I was, I was gonna say he's he's also like more of a tight. It's like he's got the build of a tight end. He's like, unless I was like unless they maybe want to play him a tight end, but still, I don't I don't get that pick. Listen, good teams get better because bad te you know because teams start making bad decisions. I agree with you. I didn't like Claypool. I'm shocked. At, and again, with the Steelers, it makes me kind of rethink him a little bit, right? Because the Steelers have historically been good at drafting receivers, constantly coming up with uh, you know uh, they were the you know team that found Antonio Brown. Uh, Martavis Bryant, you know, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, James Washington started to come on last year, Deontay Johnson. So they always seem to find these receivers. So honestly, the fact that the Steelers took the guy really made me kind of question whether I didn't like the, the player. And again, I, I don't like the Steelers, and it made me feel better that they took a pick that I was not a big fan of. Uh, but he is athletic. He is big. Uh, they might run him. You can run him on three routes and kind of get something out of him. Uh, but I agree, man. I, I It was not a pick I cared much for on day two. If I was a fan of that team, I'd be upset. The fact that, I, I, honestly, you and me should both be happy. You got Denzel Mims out of the scenario, and I didn't have to worry about a yeah. good receiver being in my division. Uh, Chris, exactly. what was what was one of your least favorite picks on day two? Uh, Duggar for the Pats. We kind of talked about the Pats draft already. Uh, I just think it was a bad pick. I know yeah, it's he, like Belichick's one of those people you don't – but I don't know. I was in, did not like it. There were still safeties on the board. Belichick loves those small school guys, and they pick guys out of random ass schools and somehow turn them into something. Well, we're lucky it wasn't a safety out of Rutgers. Everybody, like, let's be real. It was, he loves Rutgers. <laughs> he traded for Mohamed Sanu last year, like a second round pick. That's that's why they didn't have a second round pick to begin the draft. They traded for Mohamed Sanu. Um, but I, I Duggar, I was Emmanuel Sanders. What's Duggar, I kind of guy? agree. Well, Winfield was still on the board at that time, which is a much better safety. I, I don't disagree. Um, I, but I did mention this the night of the draft, is that safety is a weird position. It's one of those things where guys will pop up and you'll be like, I don't get how this guy's going this high. He's about two rounds away from me. But because teams are very scheme-specific, especially with safety, probably one of the most scheme-specific uh, positions, uh, it, it makes like, it's hard for me to make an assessment on it. 
as far as like you know again it's Belichick but you're right like it's it this guy might not be even in the league in two years because again he might not adapt very well to it but I, again I I don't know Belichick with his picks with the small school guys uh I I but again he's missed on picks before um yeah, I mean you give him a little leeway but it was not a great pick yeah no GM bats a thousand yeah but well one important thing about Duggar though that like I can kind of see why they might have done it is he was a senior so he participated in the annual senior bowl down in Alabama in Montgomery where all the coaches and GMs go to so they got much more of an extensive like um like meeting with him than just at the combine or like pro days like Mm -hmm. they're down there for two three they got to see him do seven on sevens do interviews with him, stuff like that. So they might have seen or heard or gotten something from him that made it seem like he was worth that. Yeah, I agree. That's actually a, a point that I bring up to people sometimes as well, is that the senior, people are going to probably target a lot of senior bowl guys because they got an option to be around them. That's why I was shocked Denzel Mims didn't go a little bit higher because that was one of those few times where the interviews and being able to see him on the field you know, that's where Denzel Mims's stock went up was the senior bowl, and he showed he could handle a little bit of press coverage, showed that his route running wasn't totally bad, showed that he can catch. Uh, Kev, what was one of your least favorite picks on day two? You know, I feel like I'm being a dead horse here, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay, like Green Bay, you could have got Josh Jones and you didn't get him. You got A.J. Dillon and you got somebody that's like, come on, help the man out, please, Lord have mercy. That, yeah, I don't, Green Bay. I feel like I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> uh, we're, again, we're gonna get into. We'll beat the horse on Green Bay. We'll all get the. We'll all get to chime in on Green Bay at the end. But I kind of agree. AJ Dillon was kind of a weird pick there. And uh, then you go back and you get him a tight end, but you get him in the later rounds. Like, uh... yeah, yeah. Well, there. That's gonna be a. That's. Don't worry. We'll brutalize Green Bay at the end. Hang on. Uh, Colby, your turn. Uh, unless Rich wants to also add something before we get to you. No, I'll defer on this one. Colby, what was one of your least favorite picks on day two, man? There's going to be a little bit of a pent-up anger that I'm going to let out here. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I, I, that pick, man. Uh, now the Eagles have the two best quarterbacks in the division. Why are you complaining? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just cause I, I think that when, when CeeDee Lamb started to fall, and I thought we could have gone up to trade up to the Falcons, and I think what stopped Howie Roseman from making that trade was we wanted to hang on to that second-round pick. And okay, I'm okay with Rager, but if you're gonna use that second round pick to take a backup gadget quarterback, ooh, please don't. He's gonna, he's is like ben, once is gonna get benched for him in a year or two. I, I your that, first that's and best case scenario, I guess. Start immediately, especially when you're there was so many good secondary personnel on the board, and mm-hmm. which was such a weakness for you guys last year. And you got rid of Malcolm Jenkins, so you could have used the safety as well. It just, yeah, it was mind-boggling for sure. Awful pick. And also, just to address the the trade-up thing, um, it's also possible they didn't have anybody who wanted to trade with them, right? Like, you were talking about Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta's usually one of those teams that trades up, not back. And uh, I, you know, I was talking before about San Francisco potentially being like, hey, we called up Tampa Bay and we told them we're trading. You know, they they called up Tampa Bay and they got a fourth rounder going back one pick. It might have been Philadelphia was the one calling up and being like, hey, we'll offer you offer you a second. And when you're looking at it going like, yeah, if we take a second though, we're gonna miss a, a guy who's like a top ten pick on our board. So I think it might have been they just didn't have a caller there. What's up? 
Arthur Blank and Dan Quinn are also on the hot seat as well. So, like, I don't, I doubt they wanted to trade down. Yeah, it's just like the one redeeming quality I have in this pick is that going back to a few years after they won the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman had like this interview where they said like they think the future is a, somehow getting two quarterbacks on the field at once. I don't really get how that's going to play out. But if they're trying to get their guy for that now and they're going to revolutionize the league, then I guess maybe. But like for now, conventional wisdom, it's not a good pick. When you it's have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also a good insurance policy because Wentz does have an injury history. Yeah, exactly. That's that. That's the problem. Is like Wentz has been injured a lot. Now, granted, Wentz got spiked into the ground by Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. Depends. I, I I don't know if I really call it a a dirty hit, but he had a concussion. He hasn't his, historically he hasn't had concussion issues. He's had different injuries. Uh, some of it might be because he his he's the way he plays opens him up to injury. Uh, it's it, I think it's the difference between injury prone versus prone to injury. His play is prone to injury. So, Ooh, like, that's, that's why that's – lawyer, That's lawyer talk right there. Like, injury prone is where you have, like, you know, you keep on tearing your ACL, right? And it's a recurrent injury. I think he's prone to injury because of the way he plays. Same with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL when he was running out of the pocket, going towards the uh, the sideline, his, his foot jammed up, and he, he turned a certain way towards ACL. Uh, that's how, again, like, that's how Carson Wentz. He was being, you know, he's being mobile, got out of the pocket, tore his ACL. Sometimes it's the way you play that opens you up to injury, and they've seen that. So they said, listen, we'll get a guy. He's not similar, but maybe he has some versatility to, hey, we could use him as a, as a running back. We could use him as a tight end. We can maybe, you know, see if he can, we, uh, we can adapt him. This is really early to take that kind of a player. Yeah. Um, I agree. I did like their day three. I thought that helped recoup a little bit of that value. Um. But when you have to say that about your second round pick, uh, we went over this earlier that uh, it's not a good sign. So I, again, I, I what was that? We get to Green Bay's suckiness. Yeah, we'll go to Green Bay now, and then we'll do the our favorite day day three pick. So uh, yeah, Green Bay had a really weird, uh, probably the worst draft I think I've seen in. Uh, in my entire time watching the NFL draft, and I, I, again, let's uh, you know they take Jordan Love in the the first round, then they take AJ Dillon, and they go the whole draft without taking a single receiver. After Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show, going like, you know, it'd be nice if they took like a good weapon, you know, a good uh, receiving weapon. They haven't done that in a while. Like, take one of those Dude, guys. He really. said that during the first round. Like, yeah, the first round going on when he said that. Exactly. So, like, again, it's like your quarterback of the future, your, your quarterback of the now, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right, uh, actually asks, like, can you go ahead and get a uh, – get like it makes it known that he's, like, he'd be a fan of taking a receiver or offensive weapon in the first round, maybe the second round, and they don't get and, – and not and definitely not a receiver in the first well, – not even in the whole draft they didn't take a receiver – they took a tight end who's really more of a fullback tight end, and they took a running back in the second round who you got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams at the end of their contract, but it was really early to take that guy. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you guys, I mean, uh, let's hear. Uh, here's what makes zero sense about it. At the earliest, at the earliest, Jordan Love's going to play in the 2022 season because Aaron Rodgers still has two years left on a huge contract. So even if he played this year and you fell in love with Jordan Love in practice as uh, Matt LaFleur and, and Brian Gutekinds, the GM, 
you can't move Aaron Rodgers on the last year of his contract in 2021. So Jordan Love's not going to play for two years. And, and you traded up. Yeah. Um, I think that and also that, hurts, like, too. Like, you missed out on a and, pick there. Shane, you can go, yeah. Yeah, to go along with that, yeah, he's not going to be able to, to play for two, three, maybe four years. By the time he does play, you're barely going to have any time left on his rookie contract before you owe him more money. You know, I'm just looking at it right now. Am I, is my volume on? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, sorry. The cap hit for Aaron Rodgers in 2022 is $39 million. And in 2023, it's $28 million. Woo. Yeah, dude, that's expensive. And, but, again, they can get out in a couple of years. I think it's in two years they can get out with a $17 million cap hit. And a year after that, they have a $2 million cap hit if they get rid of them. But even still, yeah. it, okay, so pretend that you, you, you're – okay. Say there's a chance they can go ahead and recoup this draft, right? They say, you know what, Jordan Love, that's not a horrible pick. What if we go ahead and, like – or maybe, like, okay, because Jordan Love – look, it's the same uh, story of Aaron Rodgers. He did that with Brett Favre. Uh, but then they spend the rest of the draft not addressing anything of what they needed. They um, did that, but that was also under a different collective bargaining agreement and a different contract system. So when they did that, it was a completely different league. I know it doesn't seem so, only being 12, 13 years ago. But it was a completely different league when they did it. I'd actually argue that the, the change in that, that contract system is better now for them to do that because – you have a rookie wage scale, and it's really it's cheap to keep the guy on your roster. Uh, Colby, what do you think about the? We'll go with Jordan Love first. We'll hear everybody's thoughts on Jordan Love. But Colby, I want to get your thoughts on Jordan Love about that. Pick. I mean, Jordan. I think Jordan Love's a good future quarterback. I just think, yeah. I mean, my biggest issue is the trading up and the fact that you he probably would have fallen. I think to the second round if you really wanted him. My biggest issue is that the last offensive skill position player the Packers took in the first round was Aaron Rodgers. It's been that long. So they haven't tried it since then. I think maybe you give it a shot. Yeah, Javon and then only was the last receiver they drafted in the first round. Oh, Lord. And then what was it? I think uh, Eddie Lacy was another one that was drafted in the second round. Yeah, he went That second. was it. So you drafted a running back in the second round one year. Basically, one of the, 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 the comments was is that uh, A.J. Dillon's basically are trying their attempt to get a new Eddie Lacy. Uh Kev, what do you think about this? Uh, uh, you mentioned A.J. Dillon before. You mentioned uh, Jordan Love. What do you think about the Green Bay Packers uh, going with Jordan Love? I, I'm not hating on Jordan Love, but it's just like you have something there right now, and you won 13 games. You want to expand You want to expand this man's career, and you're They're not doing away that at all. The Super Bowl. Exactly, and you didn't do that. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, I would have been on the phone like, get me out of here. Obviously, you don't care for me. Get me out of here. F you, I'm out. I'll well, yeah, like, how do you think he feels? Like, their team just traded up to get this guy. And not only that, but when they selected him, there was video of, like, how excited Matt LaFleur was. So Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And, and, they, and so Aaron has got to be like, yo, okay, I guess I'll just go fuck myself then. Because, like. Yeah. What's the plan? They're, these guys aren't dumb, right? I mean, you're you're all saying that they they're dumb and they have no plan. They must have something. They're not. They're they're intelligent people. So what what no, is the plain devil's advocate? What is their explanation for doing it? 
Uh, Matt LaFleur's is dude. He only had one year of play calling as an offensive coordinator. Dude. Uh, dude, he's dude. Matt LaFleur, that's his new name. Arnold's Matt LaFleur said that he did not want Jordan Love to pass him by, and he had to have him. But I'm like, if you have a hard on like that, just get him later. Like, be patient. Everything to, will to come a, to you. To address Rich's counterpoint, I, I, like I said, I can understand the argument behind going after – Jordan Love, you had a similar situation. You saw it work so well before, and you really believe in this quarterback. You go at him, you get the fifth-year option, you have five years to have him on your roster. I don't hate that mindset. My problem is you went the rest of the draft. You traded up to get the guy. You went the rest of the draft and didn't spend assets to get up and try and get uh, a receiver, a falling weapon. That would have kind of recouped a little bit of the value here where you could have went ahead and got, you know, they could have traded up and got Denzel Mims. They could have, uh, you know, they missed out by taking him. They missed out on Michael Pittman Jr. They missed out on LaVisca Chenault. They list, they missed out on they missed out on a bunch of players So with uh, as far as receivers go. So uh, uh, KJ Hamler, they missed on getting some speed. They've had real issues with offensive weapons outside of their running backs and Devontae Adams. And then they didn't get anything on defense to help them stop the run, which was a big problem that they had last year. But it's like, my thing is this, though, is like, this isn't a wild card team or uh, a bubble team. This team had a first round bye, and they went 13 and three, and they were one game away from the Super Bowl. And they're still in the Super Bowl window. They have a top five, top ten at worst at every skill position, except for tight end. They lost offensive linemen and a linebacker, or two linebackers, actually. They're mm-hmm. still in the Super Bowl window, and they did nothing to improve. They built for the future. Like, they're in the Super Bowl window. They're in a, they should be in a win-now mentality, but they addressed their team as if they went 9-7 and seven last year or 8-8. Eight and eight. Is it possible that they're trying to use him like the Saints use Taysom Hill? <laughs> no, he's a completely different type of player. Wait, he's he's a natural, like he's a strong arm, uh, deep ball thrower, um, decent mobility, uh, not very physical, uh, like avoids contact, slides to avoid hits. He's he's definitely going to be used as a quarterback. It would be more likely that the Eagles use Jalen Hurts as like Taysom Hill, even though he's completely different. But Jordan Love is 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 a quarterback, if you if you want to call him that. But I don't see him being used like Taysom Hill. But to go to Shane's point, you know they they lost two linebackers. Their defensive line got shredded in the NFC Championship game, and the receiver point. You know they drafted a linebacker in the fifth round was the first time they took a linebacker. And they took one defensive lineman that was with their last pick, the 28th pick in round seven, which is what? Pick 246 or whatever. I mean, they're, they're a couple plays away from the Super Bowl, right? And they, they drafted a quarterback and a running back, two things that they are pretty good at. And they could have taken a running back later, too. They, they could have spent their yeah. third-round pick on a running back. Yes. They could have traded up in the third round and got a running back. They could have, Or they could have traded up in the, the, the second and got a guy, too. Uh, the other issue I had is offensive linemen was kind of a question mark coming in here, right? Yeah, they signed Ricky mm-hmm. Wagner in free agency they because they let Brian Bulaga go. They're, uh, but, like, so unless uh, there's some rumors they believe in Eggleton Jenkins to potentially be a right tackle uh, or the um, one of their guards that they had play last year who they signed on a deal. Uh in free agency a prior a year ago but still like it's even with those thoughts like you 
you didn't address your offensive line. I get Ricky Wagner's your stopgap right now, and your offensive line picks were like again like late day three picks. Nothing here that you again you spent the fourth rounder, so you miss out a, a, a pick there. It, it just it didn't make sense from a team building perspective. It's also contrary to how the Packers have previously operated. It's that's why I think everybody's a little shocked, right? It's you know when the Packers needed something like if they wanted running back, they went to a draft and and went even if they didn't take him in the first three rounds, how they got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they drafted him back to back, fourth round, fifth round. They threw multiple picks at it. Okay, fine. They need a receiver. How'd they get the receivers that are on their team now? Well, all right, they threw a couple of extra picks at it. They went after, uh, uh, they went ahead and drafted uh, Equinamius St. Brown and they Martavis uh, Valdez-Scantlin and Javon Moore and all these guys in day three of the draft. That is an option. They didn't even do that here. Apparently, they either believe in the guys who are on the roster or, I don't know, they just didn't believe that they had op- options there to go ahead and grab. But we saw other teams go ahead and do it, go after receivers later on too. Um, any last thoughts on the on the Green Bay Packers draft before we move on? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to just add some. You just see like the difference between like the the Packers mentality and the mentality of somebody like the Saints. Like the Saints, they have Drew Brees. He's five years older than Aaron Rodgers, and they're still is like and they're still building around him. Aaron Rodgers, who I think you know, he's a few years younger than Brees. They're obviously, as Shane said, they're obviously still in the Super Bowl window. And for my money, I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. And then they treat him like trash in the first round, you know? And I think that's a great point, Harry. I think that, like, you see other teams, like, build around their aging quarterback, and then they find other ways. Jameis Winston's out there, right? They, what if uh, what if they made a run at Jameis Winston and said, "Hey, listen, dude, we'll give you two years, ten million. You stay on the roster, or whatever. We get you in the system." Building for five years from now is kind of hard, right? Like you're, you know, maybe Jordan Love pans out, maybe he didn't. If he doesn't pan out, you just spent the first round pick in a really good draft of deep, deep players. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the other thing is you look at how the Saints are playing th- this game, and maybe it bites them in the ass a couple years down the road. But you look at what they've built around him, and then you look at how they prepare for the future, right? Like, listen, why are you going to prepare for five years down the road with your first-round pick, with a, with a quarterback, if you're not even sure your quarterback's going to be done playing for you by then? It goes both ways. I totally get it. I think the Packers are so used to the mentality of – and, again, I think it, my problem's with the rest of the draft. I kind of – I got accustomed to the Jordan Love pick, provided they fixed the draft, and they didn't. They didn't do anything. Uh, again, uh uh, Colby, you have any last thoughts? Uh, Chris? No. All right, let's go to day three of the draft. Right, We're not going to do worst pick of day three because like, like, I think Chris brought this up. Chris, you could tell everybody. Uh, yeah, why why, why aren't we going to talk about the worst pick of day three? A long snapper was drafted on day three. So there's plenty <laughs> of terrible picks on here. Multiple kickers, too. So, yeah, but just the best pick Racist of day kickers, three. Long snappers. <laughs> that, I thought that was the best pick of day three. Are you kidding me? Uh, Colby, you go first. What was uh, what was your favorite pick on day three? You're making me you're making me go against the Eagles again, but I'm gonna say Bradley and I with the Cowboys. I think he's a Ooh. he's a second or third round pick in my mind, and they got him at the end of the fifth, last pick of the fifth round. Uh, they they probably should have gone if C.D. Lamb didn't fall in the first round. They probably should have gone with Chase on, but they they get his they get the guy who plays a very similar way. In the, third, in the day three, so no harm, no foul, and they get C. Lamb. So I think they they rectify that, and it's a, just that completes their draft for me. 
Dude, I I don't disagree with you there. I liked I liked Bradley and I a lot. I liked watching him. I saw him beat up on a uh, first rounder Austin Jackson uh, yeah. on a little bit of game film. So that was kind of fun to watch. Uh, Kev, what was one of your uh, favorite day three picks? I have two. I like Curtis Weaver going to Miami because you, you have to build a culture over there. And I also like the Minnesota Vikings getting Kenny Wilkinson. I, I love this kid, man. Like, this guy is amazing to me. And for him to fall to day three, I loved it. To go to Minnesota with Mike Zimmer in there, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Nice. So those are both good picks. I liked, dude, I was shocked Curtis Weaver fell as far as he did. And I think part of it's the small school spot, and also he's kind of a tweener, right? You don't know what role he's going to play in the NFL. Is he, yeah, he's a pass rusher. But, like, you know, like, what kind of scheme are you going to utilize him in? What does he do well? Like, you know, there's some guys who you say are positionless because they can do multiple things really well. Is he positionless or is he homeless? And I think some people got a little bit more – I think some coaches thought more, maybe more he was homeless. Is he's not a – he's not a 3-4 – he's not a 3-4 rusher. He's not – you know, he kind of – but that's how he rushed when he was in college. He doesn't have the build for that. He's also oddly shaped, right? He's like 260-something pounds, and he's 6'2". He's kind of built like a bowling ball. Honestly, I think he's I, – I would have liked him on a, on my team. I was hoping he'd get drafted by the Browns. I thought – you know, I, I thought Curtis Weaver was a good pick. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What's uh, one of your picks that you liked? Uh, ben Bartz to uh, Jacksonville, the lineman out of St. John's. Minnesota. Yes, yes. Oh, the small school guy. guy made a big name for himself at uh, the Senior Bowl. At Did Senior really Bowl, well at the Senior Bowl. Jacksonville uh, had a good under the radar draft, and that was one of those picks. Yeah, no, I liked Ben Barch as well. And uh, the only problem is, is I think the reason why he fell to day three is clearly hard to gauge from his tape, but he definitely. Uh, from the senior bowl, from the combine, they were at least able to you're able to gauge a little bit out of it. I think he's got I think he's got potential to be good in the NFL. Uh, again, you get him on day three, you get him into see if he's actually re- ready to you know hold up in the NFL. Uh, Harry, what was one of your favorite day three picks? This may be a little unconventional, but I'm gonna go Jake Fromm going to Buffalo. I think you gave Josh Allen a good you know a good backup. You know, obviously Josh Allen's had some injury history, so you could have somebody who could step in, and maybe like. And maybe if Josh Allen regresses this year, like like I said, with the you saw happen with Trubisky with a couple of years ago, he was carried by his defense, and then in year three he completely fell off. Maybe it's like you may be even getting an upgrade with the Jake Fromm, and also that took a potential uh, potential heir apparent to Tom Brady away, you know, taking him ahead of New England. So. Yeah, I like no, I I kind of like the the Jake Fromm pick myself too. I I I I was shocked he fell as far as he did. I think what we're seeing in the NFL more now is that uh, teams are, if they're going to take you on day three, if they're going to take you, they want to see the upside and what you can do. And I think a lot of teams had a hard time seeing the upside of Jake Fromm. You know, he's accurate, but he's not like he's not Tom Brady accurate. He had decent ball placement. He's okay athletic. He, honestly, he's the exact opposite of Josh Allen. That's for damn sure. That was the one weird part about that pick is like, wait a second, you guys have Josh Allen and his backup's going to be Jake Fromm. Like that would be like, uh, you know, trying to, you know, you have Godzilla in a fight and his backup is Mickey Mouse. Like it's it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, um, his backups have been Barkley and uh, what's his face? Um, A.J. McCarron. Who Jake Fromm is very comparable to. That's true. Like that, you know. I, I even said before that his fall is kind of similar to AJ McCarron. People were talking about him earlier 
that year. Um, so not for nothing, you're right, Shane. That's a that's a good point. Uh, you know, his backers have been those guys. They, I know they were interested in Tyree Jackson last year. Is a little bit more similar to him, but I, they, he couldn't win in camp. Uh, but yeah, Jake Fromm. It'd be interesting to see if Jake Fromm takes it over from uh, Josh Allen because they have all those weapons there. Josh Allen is injury, you know, has is prone to injury from the way he plays. So if he goes yeah. ahead and gets injured in a play, you have Jake Fromm come in there. They've got a lot of good weapons there. I could see him maybe stealing the job. Uh, Shane, what was one of your uh, favorite day three picks? Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota, going to Tampa Bay. He was one of my favorite wide receivers in the whole draft. I thought he was um, – his speed's not top end. It's average. But as a route runner, I thought he was top five in the whole draft. And he's going to a team where he's not going to be the one or the two option or even the three option because they have Evans and Godwin and Gronk now. But it's a team that can help him, refine him, get him better, and still give him use. They could also use him in the slot and move Godwin to the outside or even switch him around. It gives Arians and Brady a lot to work with. And I just think he's such a good player, great route runner, and he's going to a team where he'll get a lot of use out of it. I, I don't disagree. I think that was actually a really good spot to go. They do need a wide receiver three. They've, you know, they've lost uh, Humphreys. They lost Rashad Perriman. Uh, I, I agree with you, man. I think uh, that Johnson's a good pickup for him. Uh, any last thoughts on these day three picks? Any uh, any ones that stick out to you guys further, or anybody want to comment on any of the other day three picks that have come up so far? Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech going to Las Vegas. Yeah, it was the one Raiders pick you really liked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason he went so late was because he's coming off an injury and he's only five foot eight. But yeah. strictly as a slot corner, he might have been a, the first or second best slot corner in the entire draft. No, that was a good pickup on there. And uh, probably and actually the better cornerback that they got. What's up? He also plays bigger than his size. Yeah. I want to throw in uh, KJ Hill to uh, the Chargers in the seventh Ohio round State. from Ohio State. Yeah, I mean Ohio State just produces produces everything, but especially receivers and corners. And I think yeah, just he, he's pretty sure-handed. He's a good route runner, and he's fast enough. And I think that's a steal. It's in the seventh round. Yeah, Brian Hartline coaches him up really well over there. Yes. No, I thought that was a good pickup too. Um, I, I liked Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round for the Browns. That was just personally me. Uh, cause I think that could just develop into something cool, but if anything, he's just a punt returner. Uh, you guys, that was, uh, I, it was a great draft. Now the big thing with the big draft, right. Is now you have all these free agents that were veteran free agents that are sitting out there, right? They've been waiting. They've been waiting to sign contracts. We saw it earlier, Jameis Winston and tomorrow the pick, uh, you can sign free agents and it doesn't affect your comp pick formula, which is a big deal because now you have guys who are like, now you have teams that are out there going like, you know, I could, I could sign, uh, you know, Denard as a slot corner, and I don't have to worry about, like, it counting against me maybe getting a, a compensatory fourth rounder next year. So uh, any idea where you think some uh, – any particular free agent where you guys think uh, might land somewhere – like, you know, we see Jameis Winston ending up in, with the Saints. We keep on hearing about Jadavian Clowney. Um, I just mentioned Darquiz Denard. He had a teammate as well as a corner, Draker Patrick. Uh, a couple Nigel uh, Bradham's out there at linebacker. He's actually a pretty good linebacker. Um, any any uh, free agents that you think might land in a particular place? Cam Newton, even. I Shane? have an interesting one. Oh yeah, and Chris. That, and 
liked Joe Flacco. Yes. Could he Joe go – if, you, if you're a team that thinks you're on the precipice of winning and you have a quarterback or you don't have a backup quarterback, that you don't have a veteran backup quarterback, or you have a quarterback that gets, say, hurt a lot, and a guy like Joe Flacco can be the – I'm going to say this name, we're all going to laugh, but he can be like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? No, yeah. I'm not Around the league, listen, the guys won a Super Bowl – so he could be a good veteran backup for a team, a contending team. It's two, just two teams I thought of where San Francisco doesn't have a veteran backup. And we saw the problems that happened with Pittsburgh last year when Big Ben got hurt. So I just thought those were two interesting places that could – and it might be even later. It might be later into July or August when a guy like Flacco gets picked up. Yeah, I think teams are, might be kind of done with Flacco because, you know, they saw what he did in Denver. They saw he was kind of on his way out in Baltimore. Uh, you know, he just couldn't seem to put it together when he w- went to Denver. And then, like, the other options that are available to him, uh, like maybe Washington if they don't feel well about Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I think he's a later. I think he won't get signed now, but – if someone's desperate for a quarterback or desperate for a backup, he's that type of guy. And I just think that he's an interesting name out there. Not one of the top tier names. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a, a good one that people aren't really thinking of too much because you have the big names on the market. You have uh, Jameis Winston. You have Cam Newton. You know, you already saw Flacco bounce around a little bit. So that that's a good pick, uh, pick Chris. I agree with you, man. Uh, Harry, what about you? Any free agents that you think might, like, uh, any particular well, free agents that you are, are interested in seeing where they're going, where they might end yeah. up? Well, as you guys mentioned, the Giants, you know, they needed is like they need a pass rush, and they really didn't like address that in the draft. So I think they're gonna they're gonna be the landing spot for Jadavion Clowney. Really? Yeah, that, I've that's heard he's been linked to them. That's an interesting spot for him because, like, a uh, Jadavion Clowney, like I wouldn't think of him. In, like I have a hard time thinking of him. I, I, it'd be interesting to see him be. Also, Joe Judge is an interesting coach, right? Like, you just don't know yes. what's going to happen next with this guy because we haven't seen it. You know, he's a special teams guy, so we're not seeing a pre-predictor for what he might do. Um, you know, offensively, defensively, what he might want out of his team. So uh, it's an interesting uh, connection. Uh, you're right, though. Giants don't have a pass rusher. This was actually my big problem with their draft is it didn't even seem like they tried to go for pass rusher. Part of it was is honestly, I think the big thing that hurt the Giants draft was trading for Leonard Williams during the season, and I think it actually helped yeah. the Jets draft quite a bit. That that gave them two picks to to kind of play around with. So that that's kind of honestly where I, I feel my issues with the Giants kind of land. Um, there's also a, they actually still have Marcus Golden out there. They had him last year. He had a decent year. He was pretty functional. Uh, maybe they go ahead and sign him. Uh, Colby, what do you think? What's a what's a free agent guy that you think might where he might land a potential spot? Uh, maybe that you're interested in where a guy might particularly land. I'm gonna go with uh, Logan Ryan, the uh, the corner. I think he, yeah. I my top two places for him are either gonna be going back to Tennessee, or I think just because of how much cap space the Jets have, and I don't think they have any really real studs at corner. I think he might go to the Jets. Yeah, the Jets. Uh, you know what's funny. I, I have an actual sleeper for the Jets that, uh, since you're mentioning corner, uh, I was thinking Eli Apple to the Jets. 
because uh, I know Greg Williams loves himself some press man coverage. Uh, and Eli Apple, that was like one of the spots that he succeeded in. And he's probably coming off a cheap deal. He was supposed to go to the Raiders. Then him and the Raiders couldn't work out their deal. He got to walk. And then they drafted, uh, who was the guy? That, uh, Ar uh, was it Arnett that they drafted? In the yes. uh, Now I'm You're not here, Shane. Dam <laughs> uh, yeah, Damon Arnett. So, yeah. Uh, Shane, actually, what, uh, is Shane still here? Is Shane in the bathroom? I'm here. What was one of your favorite? Uh, what, what free agent guy are you interested in seeing where they land? Uh, particularly, uh, or like uh, where you think a particular free agent guy might land? It's not exciting, but I think Alec Ogletree goes to Green Bay because he's going to be cheap and they need linebackers and they're obviously intent on making dumb decisions. So I think that's where he'll go. <laughs> See, yeah, that was my feelings on Green Bay. You fuck up this draft this bad, right? Can't You have to go out in free agency and get some extra guys like, to throw around Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's what they were waiting for. Because if you look, they didn't sign very many people in free agency, and everybody they signed was a cut, right? Uh, they signed uh, Kirk, uh, Kiko Alonso. Uh, not Kiko Alonso. Uh, Kirk, uh they, they signed uh, Ricky Wagner, who was the right tackle for uh, Detroit Lions, and they signed Chris, uh, Christian Kirksey, former linebacker of the Browns. Uh, both those guys were cut, so they don't count towards the pick formula. It sounds like they're playing towards that game. Maybe that's what they were waiting for is maybe to get to the end of free, you know, get to the real free agent meet. The only problem is there's not really a lot of receivers in free agency. You know, maybe a Taylor Gabriel. Like, there wasn't a particular one that I was, like, when I was looking through this list. I saw a couple of defensive guys, like you said, Alec Ogletree. So, I, I think that's a that's a good one. Um, I could see Golden going to the Colts as well. Golden would be an interesting one because the Colts have no problem, like, taking guys who don't usually fit a certain way and sticking them in their scheme. Uh, Eberflus is actually a really good defensive coordinator. I, I, again, that's a guy who people were shouting about maybe being a head coach last year. So he would get a good amount of use out of uh, out of Golden. Uh, Hammer, uh, Hammer what? Hammer uh, Ziggy Ansa. Ziggy Ansa is another one too. I, I, Ziggy Ansa is a weird one because it's, it's weird because I feel like he hasn't been in the league that long, and then all of a sudden you realize he's like thirty-one years old because he was an older guy coming out. Uh, Chris, did you mention a guy yet? Yeah, I mentioned Flacco. Flacco, right? Uh. Kev, what do you think? Is there a particular free agent that you'd be interested in? Um, it's, there's actually two, and uh, your boy took one of mine early, Logan Ryan. I'm like, I'm, I'm, because he was a good corner, and for him not to find a home yet, it's like, what, what's going on? Well, and then he's, Cam been, he's trying to get twenty million dollars. Yeah, and then the second one is Cam Newton. Like, when's Cam going to find a home? Does somebody have to get hurt for him to get a home, or is someone going to pick him up before you know all these things happen? So. Cam's my one, like, where's, where's Cam going to land? Because I don't think he can float out there forever. Well, because the thing with him, too, though, is, like, you really see Cam Newton taking a role where it's like, hey, you're going to be our backup, or, hey, we'll let you compete for the starting job. Like, that, like, no. Like, he's going to go somewhere where he's going to be the starter, and there's none of that left. Yeah. Unless... Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm like... <laughs> No, Cam Newton's a, a funny one because originally I thought he might go to the Chargers, right? Because they were, yeah. you know, they needed a quarterback. 
I think they were kind of, you know, you saw the picture of him with Tyrod Taylor. It seemed like Tyrod Taylor even gave his blessing, like, hey, I'll be the backup of this guy. Like, I'll get to watch him go ahead and run through people like he's a tank. And, I, and then when he gets injured, I get to run around. So, and maybe that's even still a possibility. Maybe he will take a cheaper deal. I don't think so. I, I kind of agree with Shane. It's because he was already, part of the reason why he was leaving Carolina was that they, they felt like he wouldn't go into this year of his deal without any guaranteed money. Now, he, he apparently was willing to go in. But, again, I, I, you know, Carolina moved on. He's got injury concerns. It's a very weird thing with uh, with Cam Newton as to where he might land because, again, teams are now at the point where they've drafted their guys, and the guys who he's familiar with don't seem overly interested in bringing them in. So you haven't had – now, granted, COVID's also affected it too. You don't have that, that true offseason of getting to know the playbook. Uh, Harry, what was a, a free agent that you uh, – that you have particular interest in, maybe where a particular guy might land. Uh, I, I, talk, I talked about a Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Can I just chime in on Cam Newton for a minute? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I think he's going to – I think one potential landing spot, once he can get evaluated for his health and everything, would be the Steelers. I think Ben Roethlisberger is almost done. Mason Rudolph and Hodges are not going to be the long-term answer. I think maybe he does what some people thought Jameis Winston would do and back up Roethlisberger for a year or two, and then he's the guy. I wouldn't mind that at all. Makes I actually sense. hope that happens because I'm I'm a fucking nerd. Because <laughs> if he goes to the Steelers, then that would mean every team in that division has a Heisman Trophy winner. And yeah, that's all I would care. Like it just make me I, so I, like satisfied. <laughs> I I would prefer him not go to to the Steelers just because you know it's the Steelers. But uh, yeah, oh. okay. Oh, oh yeah. I was just gonna wear that would. That would end the Cleveland Browns' reign of dominance on the AFC North. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, just again, it's another option as far as the, that goes. I don't know. I feel like, I honestly feel like Cam Newton's gonna have a hard time in a particular spot. I, you're right, though. I do like the Cam Newton to the Steelers. That's a good one. A good landing spot. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope he finds a, a better home or different home. But uh, I was still really hoping for the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that's where Winston one. was gonna go. Yeah, it was Can the we... one I thought too. I was hoping Winston because he throws a lot of touchdowns to the defense. Yeah, <laughs> I think he and led he the league like, in uh in defensive more. touchdowns last year. He was defensive MVP last year. Everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And you all um, went with like back-to-back rapist QBs. A couple of guys <laughs> who I'm a little shocked by is like I think the D tackles are are interesting. One you have Damon Harrison, Snacks is still out there. Marcel Darius, Mike Daniels. Uh, you got a couple of like like you said before, Ansa. There's a couple of other pass rushers like uh, uh, Vinnie Curry, Michael Bennett. I, this is where I think uh, Seattle kind of builds their team up, right? Like they they seem to wait this long, and whoever's like the the last pass rushers to get signed, who's like looking for a cheap deal to recoup their value. We saw Javian Clowney last year get traded there. We saw Ziggy Ansa go ahead and sign there late last year. That seems to be like where a lot of guys go to try and recoup value. So I don't. I could see I. I keep an eye on that team, like, going into this as well. Whoa. But, uh, what? I have a question, and I, I can, this could be everybody. Who's one free agent that you think should just hang it up? Like, don't play no more. Like, just retire. Joe Flacco. Yeah, Flacco. Yeah, I think it's unanimous, Joe Flacco. I think that's the easy yeah, one. Um, hmm. Argue, arguably Newton. Newton. I don't know. I mean, that that's kind of an out of the box answer, but he's very injury prone. Very, yeah. I mean, he has, and that, part of it's his style that he played for so you know for the 
So then that's prone to injury. We've been over this. I need you to pay oh, more attention. I got to do lawyer talk. <laughs> uh, I, lawyer speak. Can't, do you think Frank Gore should hang it up? Yes. Yeah, dude. How is Frank Gore still playing? I forgot he was still out there. I'm tired of these taking snaps away from running backs who actually might be good. Like, yeah. it's just because, like, coaches respect him because he's older than him. He's like, he's the senior, so they, they, they like, yeah, respect your elders. All right, fine. I guess we'll play at Frank Gore. How many Maybe that's what they're hoping. Older than. What? How many coaches is Sean? At least five. Yeah, he's older than Taylor. He's older Shane than LaFleur. He's older than McVay. Older than Shanahan? Oh, yeah, Shanahan. He might be. I don't know. Uh, no, Perry? there's no way. Shanahan went to college with Chris Sims in the late 90s. Is he older than Kingsbury? He's oh, yeah. Him. There's another one. That's four. <laughs> the guy for Cincinnati. Yeah, that's Taylor. I said him. Yeah, he said Taylor. Oh. He might be older than B-Flow, Flores. What about Joe Judge? How old is Joe Judge? I think he's still like 36. Damn. I think that's I, I was Ford. kidding about him being older than everybody, but apparently it's very true. No, Joe Judge is 38. 38. 38. Uh, one team I wanted to talk about, we didn't really talk about him a lot, was the the Carolina Panthers with Matt Rule. And, all uh, defense. All defense. Uh, yes. Well, the only time it's ever happened where a team went all defense uh, in the draft. But it was a which good I, draft. Very good draft. It was. They had, uh, you know, they went with they went Derek Brown, which I thought was a good safe pick to go with. And then Yudoros Matos and Jeremy Chin were really good. High upside picks. I dug it. I just thought I'd bring them up because I thought it was like one of those things that maybe should get mentioned. Uh, especially they also at, took the cornerback uh, out of the name. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Troy. Oh, Troy. Uh, not Troy Die. Um, Troy Die. No, Troy Die was a linebacker. Um, I know who you're talking about though. What school did you say? Uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, the defensive back out of Notre Dame, Troy, what's his Troy name? Pride. Troy Pride. Yeah, Troy Pride. Troy Pride Jr. Very good pick, especially because they lost Bradbury. I don't – like, he's not necessarily a replacement for that, but he was a good pick and for the value they got him at. So, yeah, we're kind of coming to a close, everybody. I, anybody have, like, any final thoughts on the draft? Any, like, particular things? Uh, we can go in a cycle. I'll go start with Chris and we'll, we'll go around. Uh, Chris, what do you want to – I did see an interview with Goodell, and obviously you've seen the ratings shattered, all kinds of ratings, because everyone was sitting in fucking hall with nothing to do. But he did make a point that there were some really cool things about the draft this year, and seeing, like, the coaches and the GMs home with their families. Andrew's a, a married guy with kids, and uh, that was it, was a, it was a fun thing to see, I think, for the draft. You know, like Matt, uh, Matt Rule's two girls were dancing around with pom-poms every time they would show them and have a pick. I, I think it was something that came out of this that was that was really neat and interesting. Maybe I'm no, just I old agree. It, no, it made it fun. It made you know you got to see like what was it? Uh, Vrabel's house. Vrabel's house. You know, like a, a they, we kept talking about Kingsbury's house. Like it was well, Kingsbury house was a, was a plush man. Thirsty about that Andrew as the resident family man here. Yeah, I think it brought a, uh, a human element to the to the draft that you don't that you don't normally see. Right, you think of these coaches as like these maniacal lunatics, like in their office all hours of night watching film. 
Yeah, as opposed as opposed to uh, everything being run by like machines and just mm -hmm. cold decisions, you have uh, humans and their their families and their livelihood all behind it. <laughs> yeah, it was the different. It was the difference between them all too, right? Like you had some of them with their families, and you had Bill Belichick with his dog picking people. Honestly, Bill Belichick's dog's probably better at drafting than some teams. <laughs> They're Brian Gutekinds. Yeah, this year definitely. That was I, again like with the whole Green Bay draft. That was my big shock. Is like Gutekinds did well his like his first year drafting. Like everybody was raving about it. Even if you weren't a fan of Rashawn Gary, you were still a fan of like his first two drafts because like he got them picks in the future and they drafted you know Jair Alexander and Chauncey. Uh, was it uh, who was the safety they drafted in the first round last year in like a six three something? Savage. Yeah, Savage. Darnell Savage. So they, they did so well, and now all of a sudden you're looking at them, and it's like, wh what did you do? Did you get like maybe they gave the 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 the, the book to maybe maybe Belichick's dog was drafting. It just was he was drafting for the Packers. Shane, you got any last thoughts for the night? Um, just like I said, the like I'm a nerd and I love like like fun facts and shit. This, especially because I've I've grown up watching football since a kid, so. This draft had Antoine Winfield, Randy Moss, and Michael Pittman's son all in them. I just thought that was kind of cool to see. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, there's a, a lot, lot of, of like uh, Runyon, Heck. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about John Runyon. Yeah. Speaking of, you brought up uh, Moss. He went undrafted. Were there any other undrafted uh, guys you guys like were shocked went undrafted? Any, like, players that you were uh, – Javon Leak, kinda, because he was he was first team All Big Ten as a return specialist. He he split time as a running back with McFarland at Maryland, but as a punt and kick returner, he was very good. And I thought some team would see some value in that. That way, they don't have to use a wide receiver or a defensive back on special teams. Yeah, the Jets signed two D backs that I thought would have been drafted. Um, Lamar Jackson, not not the famous one. And uh, that Javelin Gidry kid from Utah, I thought yeah. they would have been drafted. Jets got them both. What about you, Kev? Um, the one of the Bryant boys not getting drafted. Just you know, that's probably Hunter one of the Bryant out of uh, yeah. out of Washington. Washington like, out, yeah, good. his thing I think was medicals. There were a lot of guys who almost didn't get drafted because of medicals. And that's <laughs> a good thing about having a seventh round pick. Um, Prince Tago was one of those guys who went in the seventh round, went to the Eagles. He was almost about to go undrafted. Uh, Trey Adams, too, uh, tackle out of Washington. Like you said, he, he talked himself about the league, Trey Adams. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you got any uh, additions there? Nope. Uh, Harry? <laughs> no, I think I'm thank. Yeah. All right. All. And then, uh, Harry, you have any last thoughts for the night? Nope. That's, like you said, like the only guy was really, like, surprised that went undrafted was Thaddeus Moss, and you've said him before, so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really about it. Uh, Colby, have any like uh, before we end out the night? You have any final thoughts about the draft, about the the teams, the players, any particular ones that you want to bring up? No, uh, I just uh, this is like my thing. This is draft draft day is like something I look forward to all year. So uh, thank you for having me. No, thank you, dude. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you made it fun. It was great having another guy on that uh, that knows what he's talking about with it, and you seem very knowledgeable. It's great having you on. Thanks. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Kev, you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Hey, Chris Kimberry, let me borrow your crib for a day. 
<laughs> Dude, right? That place looked dope. That place looked like yeah. a place you have out, like a, like a, what a Hollywood producer has. I oh saw a meme. It was I saw a meme that was Kingsbury setup and Vrabel setup side by side, and it said, yeah. "Cliff Plainsbury looks like a mob boss or cartel leader, and Mike Vrabel looks like the FBI agent trying to catch him." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was lovely what uh, Cliff Kingsbury's crib looked like. So yeah, that was yeah. It was a, it was a fun draft. Like not for no. It also felt like it was a lot of teams drafted pretty well, and there was only a few teams that you really disagreed. But like every team felt like other than like five teams, every team felt like they got better. Yeah. So, oh, uh, and my favorite Billy of Stooge got caught on camera losing shit on the phone <laughs> because all of his internet went down when he was trying to make a trade with Detroit. Um, Bill <laughs> O'Brien. Oh, I thought yeah, the, I thought the rumor was that Detroit backed out. Was yeah, it just the internet went then, out? Yeah, the internet went out, and they lost all connection with their phones. So then Billy O. Stooge just starts yelling at his secretary because it's her fault. <laughs> Dear God. I hate that guy. He's a fucking asshole, man. I hate him. Oh, yes, of course. You yeah, yeah. with DeAndre Hopkins. What more can I say? Who does that? Who does that? All right, you guys. It was it great, ha- again, to spend time with you guys. It's been a fun weekend. It was uh, a lot of teams, I think, got better. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later, and uh, take care. Hey, Walt, before work. you go. Thank uh, you. Take care. Thanks, Walter. Walt. What's up? I-, I wanted to, if if the people are still there, mm-hmm. could you give me, I guess, from worst to first and from first to worst? Like, who will, who will vault up and who will vault down? If you can say overall. Oh, as far as the draft, well, we'll get, there's yeah. gonna be more. Uh, as far uh, right now, I think it's a, a little much. Uh, as far as the teams that got that did the best, or you yeah. mean like teams that went from the worst in their division? Yeah. Well, we're gonna have uh, episodes about that because again, there, we're gonna actually have more episodes, more in depth about it. Um, I no problem. Can I, guys? Be on to talk about, but it's nice talking to you guys, okay? All right, cool, man. Walter, thank you very much, man. Sorry for coming late. Later. No, thank you, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, bye. And thank you for everybody who came on. Uh, Thanks for watching Draft Vice. Thanks for spending time with us. Thanks for dealing with our Wi-Fi and audio issues. Uh, If you want, you can follow the podcast at Draft Vice on Twitter, at Draft Vice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life punch like a delicious drink um again thank you for tuning in and uh we'll be back soon take care ttfn for now when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous